Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play this week on the Jock and Nerd podcast. The streaming wars get crowded as Apple officially jumps in. Avengers Endgame will have an epic runtime and releases new character posters with some surprises. And Marvel's Eternals lands a pretty big female lead. Plus, a listener-requested Patreon-sponsored spoiler movie review of the 2015 time travel movie Predestination, starring Ethan Hawke, reviews and voicemails from the Jock and Nerd Nation, and so much more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, March 28th, 2019. This is Norm MacDonald, and you're listening to the, uh, uh, hang on, I got it here. Uh, it says, the Jock and Nerd Podcast, known for their series of gay erotica found on Amazon, huh? No? That's not that? Oh. <laughs> well, I fucked that up, I guess. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Hello, listener. What's up? Thanks for joining us this week. And welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Talking nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Why are you saying it so slow? I don't know. I may have just <laughs> had a stroke. Oh, shit. Bear with me. Listener, just play this at times two speed. Everything will sound normal. Uh, over there in the corner is a felty fizzle bomber. Goes by the name of Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I am Ron. Oh, shit. I'm speaking really fastly. Did I change the speed on this recording? What happened? Is fastly a word? Fastly is not a word, Rux. Ah, oh, no. you fuck. Yeah. Well, but thanks oh. for trying to. That was trippy. Every, if you are listening to this at fast speed, Rugboy sounded normal. Yeah, it sounded normal. Look, I'm just trying to enunciate and slow down and savor the moment. Get the words jock and nerd and the podcast and my name. Instead of, like, mumbling the shit that sometimes I do, you know? You never mumble. Are you drinking chamomile tea before the show? I am not drinking tea, but I am smoking trees. Listener, if you are a first-time listener, uh, thanks for finding the show. Check out our show notes at our website, jockandnerd.com slash 267. It has links to everything we're going to talk about, links to videos, articles, how to get in touch, how to subscribe. Yada, yada, yada. We got lots to do. Let's get going. Here's the news. The Jock Jock and Nerd Podcast. We are going to start with the streaming TV war that is going on. It's super fascinating. And there is a new contender entering the ring in this corner. It is the 300-pound elephant in the room, Apple has revealed their new TV streaming service in a big, you know, they had one of their Apple events earlier this year. You guys, anybody watch that? Am I the only nerd that no, watches what's that? what's it called? Shit. What's the new service called? Okay, the new service in the most original name Apple could come up with, the company that's innovated everything. It's called Apple TV Plus. 
They should have called it Apple TV, motherfuckers. <laughs> that's what they should have called <laughs> it. Would have been better. Or Apple motherfucking TV in the house. Oh, that's even what if, better. What if they just went with orange? Orange, just something. Yes, just this is called Mojave. Like they, well, I mean, that's how they used to <laughs> name. Just called, name it after some random thing. Acai. Emu. There's a new <laughs> service called Emu. And, this is Yuka. <laughs> and then when they upgraded, they called it Lemur. Yeah, something like they, yeah, just, this is uh, Apple Kale. So Apple <laughs> used to be a little bit more creative in naming things. I mean, uh, just, you know, we have Disney Plus also coming out in the fall. Anyways, Apple TV Plus will be. Really? Were they real creative? I mean, they made, came up with, what, the I, Pad, uh, iPad? No, no, iPod. no, no. The iPod, and yes. then they just stuck that they just took that I and put it in front of everything. That's Phone, called, pad. It's called clever branding. That's called clever. What does the I stand for? You know, I don't even know. Uh, Internet? The I, I, it's a pod. Uh, integrated. I, integrated? That's a good question. Where did, Imbecile? Where did Steve Jobs, like he doesn't even have an I in his name. Uh, is it for Imran? I think Imran. I am an, Imran a, I am an Apple product. Pod. Yeah, you pronounce my, say, my name by saying Imran. It's the new. Wow, it's exactly how I pronounce. <laughs> it's the new Apple. I ran. Apple TV Plus, company's new subscription platform for original TV programming, slated to launch this fall in more than a hundred countries. Now, look, I'm an Apple fanboy, always have been. Everything in front of me right now is Apple. I have multiple Apple computers, iPads, devices. But I'm going to bag on them a little bit because they're, well, they're getting shittier they're getting, year by year. Yes, they're Steve getting been shittier. Dead. So I watched this thing live because I, I kind of knew that they were going to reveal their big streaming thing. Here's what happened. A whole bunch of celebrities paraded out on stage, starting with Steven Spielberg. He will be bringing a revival of his Amazing Stories anthology Ooh. to the service. Then followed by Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell teasing their new drama called The Morning Show. Okay. Sarah Bareilles and J.J. Abrams teaming up for a show called Little Voice. I don't know what that is. Jason Momoa and Alfred Woodard come out on stage. They have a show that's called Seeing. It's some kind of post-apocalyptic future where people are blind, I think, mm. I believe. Mm. Kumail Nanjani. He comes out. He's got a show called Little America about growing up as immigrants. And, of course, Oprah is one of the first people they made a deal with. She's got what a, a waste of money. She <laughs> this so speaking of money, they are throwing billions of dollars at Lots this money. content. They also introduced uh, a redesigned Apple TV service called with Apple TV channels. Basically, you can watch everything in one place. No jumping through apps. One login. If you want to watch HBO, Hulu, Amazon, iTunes, it's all right there. OK, so a couple of observations right off the bat in this Apple TV channel service. Everything but Netflix is there. You won't be able to watch Netflix? No, no Netflix. Where right now on Apple TV, you can download the Netflix. The Netflix is on there. Netflix said, we want people to watch our shit on our service. So this is interesting. What do you think? The Apple's going to fuck with it? So Apple, if you have an Apple TV, you can, you have to. I don't understand. Would you have to download Netflix separately or you won't be able to watch you, Netflix you, at all? You can't. On this new redesigned Apple TV, which is now an app and a streaming service, there is no Netflix. It's I'm saying can you, can you download it? Uh, I don't know. On this last generation Apple TV models, you still can. This is not a hardware dependent thing now. So in this new app, Apple TV app, it, it's in this environment, there's no Netflix. You have to go to Netflix to watch Netflix. 
They're, this is a, they're drawing is a Apple line in TV the sand. Is Apple TV an app or is it a thing? Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble yes, understanding. Is, so you have to go to Netflix. Net, there is no Netflix. There is no Netflix. Have, so this is a shift. I'm, no, I'm saying you said you have to go to Netflix. I'm, I'm asking, can you download Netflix? Netflix I don't, I don't think app. so. Okay. I mean, on your own phone separately, yes. Right. Not inside not this thing. Not on the Apple TV. Here's another thing this signals. This is very interesting. This is a shift from them selling their hardware to selling services as products. This is the new – this is what you're going to see. And I'll get into some other things they revealed because essentially with this Apple TV app and service, the Apple TV hardware box is obsolete. Because this thing's going to be on Roku. It's going to be on the Fire Stick. You can download it to uh, any I device, see. right? So the Apple TV serve it. So it's not a fucking TV. It's an app. Correct. You would download Correct. and then get all the other apps. Correct. So, it, in, so there's a bundle. Yes. In the past, there were rumors of Apple working on a, an actual TV. But Apple's realized the money is not in this hardware. The money is in these services. And they've announced new services. I, I, so let me it's comment It's a bundle. On that. Yes. I read a little bit of this. What they realized is again, like what you said, the the devices are getting obsolete, or they're they're just not making as their people aren't buying de- enough new devices Correct. to sustain the business as much as they'd want. The money is now into getting streaming because streaming offers a monthly subscription Absolutely. model where they can get money every month rather than waiting for someone's fucking device to go kaput. And then having to buy a new device two years later, which is what I would do with my phone. Right. And currently the way it is on the Apple TV, like if you want to watch HBO, you can do that. But you have to have a separate login, separate account. You got to log into all these things like your Hulu. So this will be one login for everything. Now, is this innovative? Apple's kind of playing catch up in 2019 because Roku offers this exact same service. Amazon also kind of offers this exact same bundled service. And this is the thing we predicted a year ago, that there will be streaming bundles. It's the way to deal with this. But Apple has money and force. So, some more observations. They didn't show any trailers for any of these fucking shows. No footage, no nothing. They're just like, trust us, we're Apple. And also, no price. No, I don't know. It's going to be a rough haul. Sir, my, here are my thoughts yes. on it. I did see this. I saw a little bit of this. Like I said, I mentioned, I read the articles. From what uh, from an article that I read that I kind of trust the writer, he said this was kind of a meh announcement. This whole thing, a little bit. A lot, a lot of people were just kind of okay. The, the, I think the big problem is, and I, I, I have no idea if it's going to do well. Or yeah, not. and it could have really awesome shows and be an, another uh, the new juggernaut. Yep. But I feel like Apple's just really late to the game at this point. It does feel like catch up a little bit. Does it feels it? like yeah. a lot of yeah. catch up. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I mean. We have we've had so many different apps announced at this point mm-hmm. that instead of app Apple being this being a big announcement for Apple, it just feels like another yes. streaming service in a point where now there's so many streaming services that to get all of these you're absolutely right. You're paying as much as your cable bill at this point. It should have been big and special, but it is just another thing that it's just another one. Yeah. You see, like I like the idea of bundling. Yes. So let's say you pay like a let's say forty bucks. Or fifty bucks for a bundle service, and you can choose the whatever five you bundle. That's what this is. This is an a la carte service. You pick what you want to watch. Yeah, but this is also this is couldn't be that, but it also can be its own thing, right? Uh, so yeah. if you, I, I don't know, I mean, we don't they know would all need the details. To partner with all the cable networks, let's say, Co- yes. for example, like HBO, Cinemax, Showtime. So I could get 
I can sit there and go, I want HBO, I want Cinemax, I want DC Universe, I want Netflix, and I want Amazon. So like, yep. And I pay that premium for that bundle. So I'll get a discount on paying all of them. Let's say I get like a 20% discount on all yeah, of them. Yep. But I, and Apple is now selling, you know, they're passing off the savings, buying the bundles and those subscriptions. What you said is exactly what it's going to be. They will be talking to all those people, everyone except Netflix, is probably going to be part of this service. So if you get Apple TV Plus, yeah. you're getting everything else? So Apple TV Plus or, is or different. Get, okay. <laughs> Apple TV Plus. Well, I'm now, now this is all very confusing it, for at me. The, so the TV Plus is the streaming service for original programming. So I got So you can get that on its own. Correct. Or you can get the Apple TV app and get Apple TV Plus plus everything else. Yes. Yes. You would have okay. to. Sounds very confusing. Yeah, and that's going to be like, <laughs> if you were to sign up, you want HBO, I want Hulu, you would also be like, right. I want Apple TV Plus. This is your paid original and Netflix programming. is going, we're not playing with that. Exactly. CEO of Netflix is like, not. Nah, we want people to watch the shit on our service. There's another. Uh, when does, what does Google, does Google have any stake in any of this Google stuff? Google has YouTube. Google's got YouTube. But okay. they abandoned their premium thing. There is right. uh, season two of Cobra Kai is coming out. I don't know if it's going to be behind a paywall. I heard they're abandoning their YouTube Red or their... So I'm wondering how this is going to come out. Hey, who's paying for that? Nobody, I know. So what it seems like to me... I mean, Apple's crazy late to the game. Yeah. But it seems like to me that we have four players running TV and movies right now. We have Netflix. Yeah. We have four or five. Netflix, Amazon. Yeah. Disney. Yeah. And now, and Apple, now and Apple, HBO. Well, HBO. Okay, so HBO is because Disney owns Hulu. Yes, Disney owns ESPN Plus. Disney owns Disney Plus. So that Plus. fourth person is Time Warner, AT and T, Time Warner, because they, they don't have anything. No, yet. they own HBO uh, and DC and DC and Warner Brothers. So that's the five big ones. You're absolutely and right. Go- and then Google, uh, and then Google and YouTube. with YouTube, and Amazon. You said Amazon, Amazon. yes. Yeah. Those are your major players that are providing all this content at the moment. So how many is it? Sh- five? But you, then you have like Showtime. No, and well, Star. It's not streaming. Those are just content. Yeah, that's five or six. Showtime, Showtime's owned by CBS, I believe. Which oh, okay. Is, which is who owns CBS? It's Universal, which is owned is by known? NBC. No, no, CBS isn't owned by Universal. No. CBS. CBS has all access to. I'm just trying to figure out where Google, so Google might want to jump in. Google is going to have to step up if, but Cobra Kai is one great show. CBS Corp. So it's, it's, okay. It's it's something. I think that YouTube should just continue to do what YouTube does and not try and fuck with anything else because they're going to lose. Well, there was some, a comic that I watched on, on a fucking Joe Rogan. I forgot what the guy's name was, but he's, he goes, YouTube's going to win all this. Oh. And he go, we go in, they're like, why? He goes, YouTube is producing content by the minute for free Yes, for everybody. Every fucking hour you can watch something. They're not even paying for the content. They're not even paying for their content. Where Netflix and Apple and -and so-and-so are paying billions upon billions of dollars for... To make um, content, yeah. To make content. Whereas YouTube, you can look up fucking anything. They're underwater right now. But they're serving ads. I just saw this piece on the news. This seven-year-old fucking kid reviews toys on YouTube. He has 18 million subscribers. Last year made 22 million fucking dollars. Oh, shit. Holy shit. What the fuck? Why are we podcasting? 
the point and the point the guy was making too is he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's like, I'm on this show. YouTube's getting three hours of content for free, for free. from you. Yeah. Whereas Netflix and all that have to pay billions to make that. Not happen. to mention all the ad revenue they're getting with right. the shit around there. So YouTube is an interesting uh, the, the player. Only, the in only this. difference is on YouTube, obviously, you're not getting the, the production values that you would get from a Netflix or a whatever. Uh, I found this other interesting article in The Hollywood Reporter. This guy's take is that Apple is not actually competing against the Hulus and the Netflix and the Amazons. They're looking at the bigger scale of things and competing with Comcast itself by being a huge media Do you service. still have cable? Yes. Do you still watch it? Uh, maybe like five channels. I hardly ever watch. I use it TV. more to play like the DVR recorded shows or watch movies or documentaries. The only time I watch TV is when I watch the news. I can't and watch the fucking maybe, news anymore. That's about yeah. it. I think only news. Here's what I love about the Comcast. I can watch anything on Netflix and Amazon Prime. It's right from the Comcast box. It's very handy. But you're paying way more. Yes. I uh so Viacom owns CBS, by the way. Oh Viacom, um, there's the big player. But um they own everything. I own, I have cable, but I increasingly every day I only watch sports on cable. I'm increasingly every day thinking about going to YouTube TV or Sling or something like that. YouTube TV I think is thirty bucks a month. Sling I believe is twenty or forty, and they give you up a, a collection of channels that you can you only like maybe thirty forty channels, and then and then I'll add some Netflix or whatever. Like, I pay for cable just because I feel guilty for stealing all the shit that I watch. <laughs> That's re- really why I do it. Otherwise, I would never pay, pay for, for it. Pay for the internet. That's enough. You shouldn't feel bad. Yeah. Uh, I really think they're trying to position themselves to take that cord cutting, this next generation of cord cutting people to be like, we don't need cable. I got Apple TV. Sling Apple is only, uh, at its most, 25 bucks a month. Sling is that thing that just has the TV channels, right? Has, has all your TV channels. Mm. You need it for you just stream. Yeah, I don't know. I'm paying way too much, and I added HBO. Now it's going to be more, but I'm only going to have it for a few months. But it doesn't have all the. Oh, so you just have basic cable on your own. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah a lot of people use the Sling. I don't know. Well, if you have smart TVs, it makes sense. Yes, yeah. that's true. And then, so to close this up, here's some of the other shit. This was the headlining announcement. Here's how they started the the big uh, presentation. Uh, Apple News Plus. A new paid-for news service for $10 a month. Anybody, does this make sense when you could just Google things now? Uh, Apple has a credit card. What's unique about this credit card? You can apply on the phone. You have it instantly. If you want a physical one, they send you this, like, white titanium card. It has no numbers, no CVV, no expiration date. There's cash back uh, and uh, locked-in rates or whatever. So, uh, back by Goldman. That sounds and, evil as yes, fuck. Yes, back by Goldman and Sachs. Apple is now a credit card service provider. Oh shit! Yeah, very weird. Again, ser- no, services. I, don't, I do not approve of that. This is that has nothing to do with tech. Apple. That is not Rugboy approved. That is not <laughs> Rugboy approved. I, I didn't really understand the credit card. What? What's the deal? It's just a fucking credit card. Like you go to any place. It's a Mastercard. Apple got Sachs so Mastercard. much fucking money. Yeah. That it can now lend money out yep. and charge people yep. interest and enslave them like everybody else. They're turning into the fucking tyrants. Yes. Yes. They, um, Steve Jobs would not this like this. Is, they are turning into our corporate overlords. This, Let's not forget, this is the world's first trillion dollar fucking company. 
They have lots of money. Crazy. And then the last thing uh, they announced Evil. was Apple Arcade, uh, a bunch of games. It's also subscription based. Gives a shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> this is all the. Fuck them. Listen, this is all services as products now. This is a, a change in how they're doing things. They, so mad at in Apple. In the future, they may stop fucking making computers altogether. Why did you make me not like you anymore? I know. I used to love you, Apple. I have literally. You still love them. I, you still suck the dick I have, at Apple. Look, I'm staring yeah, at five Apple. Apple things right now. I, I I love it for graphics, for Photoshop, for designing. But what is all this fucking corporate bullshit? Now, I forgot to mention the biggest old fucking thing that bothered me. Steven Spielberg. Did you guys catch this? Oh, shit. Uh, hypocrisy much, Steven Spielberg. This is a guy who last month tried to change the rules for the Academy Awards to exclude Netflix movies from being eligible, and now he is here shilling for fucking Apple. Well, I don't think they those two things are... I don't think he expects to be uh, honored by Oscar for doing TV stuff. Oh, I'm sure he's going to want Apple TV movies to be... I mean, this shit is TV. It's in the, right. It is in the name, Look, I Steven guess. Steven Spielberg's right, whether you fucking like it or not. This is fucking TV. You just watch it on your TV. It's not like you're going to the theater and having all the theater fucking shit that's involved with being in a theater. Well, let me ask you this. Do you agree if a movie is in the theater for a few weeks to a month and then goes to Netflix, should it be eligible for a Best Picture uh, yeah, Oscar? Yeah, just doing that takes a lot of fucking work. But this is what he didn't like. Like, if it, like there should be, like, if it opens in one theater, then you're fucking get the fuck out of here. But it has to at least have a limited release. Like, that, that's in this was, a few cities. This was, that was his uh, argument. But I think it's a little bit hypocritical that he's now at a streaming service. What the difference? Pimping he fucking made a TV show. He makes a TV show. What does he care? Yeah. So if he ever now, if he expects that show to get an Oscar, then he's a dick. <laughs> he is just doing an amazing stories anthology. Yeah, he did that, that before. Is a good well, point. how is he a hypocrite? Come on, Imran. All right, you may have stop listening to Twitter God, and what they fucking God, say. This it. fucking doesn't Hollywood media reporter. Yeah, makes sense out I, of these look, things. I, Come on. I thought it was a little bit of a big old mixed message, but you cleared it up, Ruggs. Thank you very much. Cut through the bullshit. Anthony, you don't think it's hypocritical of him? To what? For for <laughs> uh for, for him to promote Apple streaming when he was last month was being like Netflix movies can't be eligible for Oscars. I originally thought it was a little hypocritical hypocritical, but I have to look back at what he originally said. Someone pointed out to me what he originally said. It I'd have to look at it, but I, I it's something where it doesn't make him look so bad. Okay, so this is just the media. I honestly, honestly, I, I don't know enough to comment. <laughs> on its surface, it looks a little hypocritical, but I, don't, look, I haven't I done enough that, research. I think that if you look at it on the surface, it is hypocritical. But if you actually figure out what he's actually saying, like this is TV. Yeah, it's not a. It is not TV. It's different. Release. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you have to kind of. There, there's a distinction between two things. I was overcome by the knee jerk reactions on the internet, rugs. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're like, these things are movies. They're legitimate films, sure. but they didn't release them in the theater. They didn't, they, they released them in a different way. So, like, it's like saying, I don't know, I, I don't really know the difference, but, like, it's like the difference between MMA, UFC, and and doing MMA, like, Muay Thai. It's like two different things. They're similar, but they're not the same I thing. I think a Netflix movie should be, well, I guess it would just get an Emmy or a Golden Globe. I feel like it should be up for, to be able to get an Oscar. But they I, have to release I don't personally it in the theater. Mind it. I don't personally mind it being up for an Oscar. What, you, what, no, I'm Netflix saying movie? a Netflix movie yeah. that's never been in a theater or yeah, create mind. a category. Best streaming movie. Nah, no? don't, okay, don't that, make a best that, streaming. That I could go for don't because at least it puts it in a different class. Yeah. But a but, movie is a movie. Well, who cares where yeah. or how you see it? 
I'm more of the mindset of movies a movie. I, I get well, that the experience is, you know, he's trying to promote people going to movies, but it's the same piece of art. It's just served but here's, up here's, here's the, my argument for why a movie is a movie and the, that the, it being a movie, most of the, a lot of the movies that win best picture, not a lot of people see in a movie theater. Yeah, but does it does it take away their merit? Yeah, but I'm saying the movie that movie going experience wasn't experienced by the majority of the people that even that are even out there, regardless of the quality of the movie. But mm. I think that's the that's the whole deal. It's like okay, it's impossible to watch every single movie that's ever made, right? So at least you have something to narrow it down. They've been released in theaters, yeah. And then we can say, what's the best movie that was released in a theater? Yeah. Because it would be impossible. Because there's yeah, so many fucking things sure. that come out. All right. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, we'll I see. think there has to be some kind of a like, how committed are are you to this movie? Yeah. Like putting it out on a streaming is like there's no cost other than the actual studio making of the movie. Right. They don't have to promote right. it. They don't have to get it. To, they don't have to like sit there and work out a deal with all the theaters distribution. Sure. Figure out all that other shit. So like they do have to do an extra amount of work to do that. So I sure. think that that. They should be considered, and the other one should be like kind of like disqualified because you didn't do that. Now, if we're just talking about what's a good movie, yeah. that's a different story, and like that's going to be a huge undertaking to try and figure out. There is a made-for-TV movie category, and there's right. awards for them. Uh, all right, all good points. Listener, let us know what you think. Is Apple still innovating, or are they just trying to catch up in 2019 to everything? Join our Facebook group. It's called the Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. Exclusive closed group just for our listeners. Welcome a new member, Justin Cappadocia. Is that how I say his name, Anthony? I believe he's a buddy of yours. Cappadocia, yes. Cappadocia. He's Cappadelicious. <laughs> uh, he's super califragilistic. XP Cappadocious. Who, who is XP Cappadocious? Who is this he is guy? More, he is a very good friend of mine. Okay. One of my, actually, one of my best friends, but he... More listens to the spinoff show. Well, but he, he better listen. He does to this enjoy uh, comic book stuff as oh, well. So. Well, happy to have you, Justin. I hope you hear this. Give me one fun fact about Justin, Anthony. Uh, one fun fact: yeah. uh, Me and him in college got dared to uh, make out with one another in a drinking daring game. Tell me and, you did it, and we almost did. And then at the last second, I couldn't. Oh, come on. It's for shock value. Cameron did that one. Yeah, I, I <laughs> couldn't kiss another guy. I, don't, I, don't, I just couldn't do it. Listen, for the shock value, I'll do anything. Although this was... I can't the, believe you did that. This was the days before... Wait, you kissed another man? Instagram. Uh, you know, that's a story for another show. <laughs> I saw it. Maybe wow, in, there you. were witnesses. Maybe in the post show. It's burned into my skull. I'm so glad there was no social media <laughs> when, when I was in college. Because, uh, yeah, it'd get very awkward. <laughs> you know, you know that Anthony. I know fucking. That clue. is a secret. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe look, maybe we'll discuss it in the post. You're gonna cut this out of the show, listener. No, I'm look. I'm comfortable with this. Not, it doesn't fucking matter. This is all the shenanigans. He's, I know all the shenanigans. Rug boy does know a lot of shenanigans that we've barely scratched so scratch the anymore. surface of. Anyways, yeah. moving on. This is nerd. this is an awkward all. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Let's get. It's just. Under a month away. Geek boner. And I am super excited. And AMC, I believe, has given us our actual runtime. They were advertising this movie will be three hours and two minutes long. Oh, shit. This will be the longest MCU, MCU movie. I'm wearing a diaper. To date. So hit the head. 
before you get to the theater drain the pickle. It's a long movie. I enjoyed that though. I think Would you I, wear I've a been... diaper to this? You don't need a diaper. It's only three <laughs> hours, you fucking baby. Depends. Like I know that I could just take a leak in the depends and no one will know. This whole fucking Apple thing, yeah. just a side note, yeah. has put me down the the rabbit hole of looking at Sling TV versus YouTube TV <laughs> oh, versus Hulu Live TV. <laughs> Listen. And trying to figure out what would be the best option for myself. So I'm sorry. I haven't really. I've been in and out Look, of paying attention. Put that aside for now. But I, I know. Want, Typically, but I, yep. I want a comparative uh, retail uh, chart later and we'll tell the listener what is the best option. I don't know what the best. There's so many. No, there's I'm one chart you, I was already looking you at. You got to research a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfucker, close those windows. Roku versus Fire Stick. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Roku. You can subscribe to all the shit on Roku. Anyways, I think people can hold their fucking piss for three hours. Everyone relax. I think so as well. You don't need an intermission. I don't know. I'm. I'm It'll be fine. I'm not sure about be that. Be an adult. They've also Marvel gave us some pretty cool posters this week. Are they? <laughs> Are they? Here's what we got: sixteen. Oh, sorry, thirty-two character posters. See, I'd like to arrange these posters by lighting. Here's the thing with the posters. <laughs> 32 posters, 16 of them in color, 16 of them in black and white, all with the tagline, Avenge the Fallen. And there's a couple of spoilery reveals in these posters, you guys, right? What do you think? Right. A couple, yeah. For example. I enjoy these posters, by the way. I mean, first of all. They're simple. They're but simple, big heads. But look at the tone of this marketing in this movie. Like, these are not fun, colorful like, this is very somber, very dark, very serious, kind of like, what the fuck is going to happen? Well, they all have like this rim lighting, yes. except for Gwyneth Paltrow and except for Brie Larson. Well, Gwyneth has it on her hair. Yeah, but like her, her face is like lit up. Her, oh, yeah. She like she looks like she should be in the center. <laughs> and then Brie Larson should be just left of her. And then who else is really bright? And then... And then Favreau is on the other side, and everybody else has got like different diminishing values of light. <laughs> uh, but they're all big heads. And so in the color posters, it's the people that you know have survived Infinity War. But there's one surprising person that we did not know what their fate was, and now we know it's Valkyrie. Oh shit. Tessa Thompson in the color posters, she made the snap. I did not know this. I'm ha- I thought Okoye died, didn't she? No, Okoye was there at watching uh, oh. watching him get dusted. Remember? Oh. She's standing right there. Now, in the black and white posters is everyone who got dusted, and one person we didn't actually see get dusted shows up, and that's Shuri. Oh, shit. Uh, no longer with us. But, you guys, ironically, I think the people in the colored posters are the people we have to worry about now, because some of these motherfuckers ain't making out of this movie. Uh, do, but do you think all of these characters are going to appear in Endgame? Like all 32 people will show up in some form? That's the question we have. Um, they would have to, right? If you're showing me all these posters. Yeah, I would I would assume if, they, if they're putting them on the poster, they'd have to. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see Valkyrie on here and Wong and, yeah. and uh, what's her face? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts. Well, Happy even, Hogan. I didn't know. Happy Hogan. Yeah. And even, uh, what's her name from Wakanda? Okoye. Okoye, I didn't think we'd see them. So if they're putting them on the poster, I would assume we're going to see them in the movie. Whether for a cameo. For how much? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, it's you mentioned how many people? 16? So this is 32 total. 16 and 13. 16. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's all. It's a it's, lot. Well, it goes back to what Thanos said. Perfectly balanced. Yes. No love, though, for. Uh, Who's missing? Maria Hill. 
Colby Smulders. I mean, really, she's a bit part. Like uh, Mbaku. Mbaku. What about Nakia? What, what was she doing? Uh, no, who cares? Nakia wasn't in the last. And one. where is they're still not showing Hulk in Hulk form? Just Banner. So I thought was I, I uh, disqualify Nakia. She wasn't in an Infinity War. Oh, she wasn't in it at all, was she? No love for Heimdall either. Oh, Heimdall. yeah. Heim- Wait, we not promoting Deadshot now? So I think we know Heimdall. Oh, yeah, he's Deadshot. Well, Heimdall is probably not coming back then. That's probably what that means. I, I mean, all these people hanging out in the soul world. I, I Did you see the, the trolling posters with the yes. Netflix characters? Yes, with the, that was good. There's been a lot of really good different ones. For, then there's one with Chris Pratt. It's all your fault. Yes. <laughs> That's a great or, one. Pucker your anus or something with, with Ant Man, yeah. yeah, up your anus, so up your it goes anus, up to yeah. Thanos and explodes. I love the memes got out of control, but uh, some uh, it's pretty interesting marketing again. I like this. Uh, we also don't see Thanos in any of these. Uh, what do you? Well, no Thanos. No Thanos uh, until we get to the international poster. We'll get to in a second. But I want to ask you guys this: the Infinity War was kind of Thanos's point of view movie. Whose point of view is Endgame going to be from everybody? Is there going to be a main point of view character? It's got to be Cap. Cap. That's what I'm thinking. It feels like all the marketing, or at least all the trailers, is very Cap heavy. Yes. His voiceovers, yeah. his perspective. I feel like the last movie was, out of the three Avengers, it was Thor and Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. He got the most love, and yeah. Cap was kind of put on the back burner, and they owe this one to Cap. Also, it's the Russos. Yeah. The Russos love Cap. It's it's his movie. Now, how much focus do you put on people who did not have any focus in the last movie? Right. Uh, so the the most interesting thing for me about this movie is the fact that they decided to put Nebula on the Avengers. Oh, so out of left field. Yeah, they flipped. I'm kind of interested to see how that works because she's a nothing character in the comics and a well, was a kind of a War, big character. She's a, she's a big character in an yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. So I think she's going to have a big role in this, and you know she's the one true. who puts she, it on, yes, and fixes everything. That's true. She did have that, but they don't—they're not follow. They don't follow any of the comics for the most part. They're probably really. going to give her a nod, though. Yes, where maybe she grabs it for a second. Uh, yeah, you know, Carol Danvers probably a big part of this, uh, and Valkyrie. It would be great to see Valkyrie. Whatever happened to Shannon Carter? Oh, uh, Agent Thirty Six was it or Thirty Three? Peggy Carter's yeah, she just granddaughter. Disappeared. Yeah, what did happen to her? She gone. Like we can't have too many blonde chicks in this room. <laughs> They're gonna get her confused. They all look the same. Uh, and then finally, so tickets on sale Tuesday, April second for Endgame, which will be very soon. And they released this international poster in China. Here's a big surprise. Oh shit! It's coming out two days early in China, April twenty fourth. They've been trying to set a day and date all around the world so that there are no spoilers. So we got to watch out two days early. There may be some spoilers. Early release in China, Chinese poster featuring all the people that survived, and then in the foreground and silhouette, all of the fallen heroes, and then in the background, Thanos. I, I counted. There's 29 people on this one poster. Jeebus. Yes. Enjoy, I, this poster is a lot better. I kind of like this international Chinese poster. Than what we. I like the idea of, or I like the the main characters being up front and then the ones that are dead in the shadows and then Thanos looming on top. I kind of like this, at least the idea of this poster better. It's nice layered and it's got the pyramid design, the triangle, you know, that uh, a lot of these posters have. Maybe take out Thanos in the background. Rugs, you like this poster? Or is it just too photoshoppy for you? It's not bad. It's just a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Still no Hulk, just Banner, and you got Cap with his shield. 
holding. Like you got all the people that are alive, all the dead people underneath, uh, in silhouette, and then you got Thanos in the back. But just so many characters, it's just like it. It's like a lot. <laughs> it can be a mess, but it's nicely uh, layered and nicely separated. Well, I think it's fine. Yeah, so cool stuff from China. Last thing I want to ask you guys about Endgame: Infinity War when it came out. Opening weekend made $257 million domestically, $640 million globally. Opening weekend. Oh, shit. Do you think Endgame can break $300 million domestic opening It'll do weekend? 400 What? Opening weekend? Oh, shit. Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. It'll do 400 Opening weekend? Yeah. Rugs may be onto something because. What did Infinity War do? 257 domestic. You're talking a big jump. Yeah, I would go th- maybe three hundred. I would actually go less. Uh, it's a lock for three hundred. Wow, it's a lock. That's a wow. Oh. Good prediction. What did what did Captain what? Marvel do? Uh one hundred fifty. One fifty three domestic. So it'll double that. So you think shit? I mean, it, is there predictions out yes. already? What's the prediction? Because of the early release on China. The uh, box office. Well, what that has nothing to do with anything no, domestic. Well, oh, sorry. I, well, I'll talk. I'm talking about total global. The, the big yeah. global news. The, I don't know what the domestic prediction is, but now because of the early recent China, they're predicting this thing could reach 800 million dollars opening weekend. I agree. As high I as 850, and to do that, rugs, it <sighs> would need to make 400 million domestic opening. Weekend. I 100 percent agree. Holy shit, oh, dude! Shit. This thing could break, shatter all records, dude. This is the first movie I'm trying to get tickets for, like a month, like almost a month. You could get them Tuesday, April second. Uh, this is the first movie. I literally just this. sent my uh, myself a note to buy the tickets April second next Tuesday. I had when I was buying tickets for Captain Marvel. Yeah. I was having I was try, I usually buy them the week of and have no problem. Right. Captain Marvel was one of the first ones where I had I was trying to buy the week of and I couldn't get the time slot I wanted. Damn. The week of, yeah, I got it, do I it got earlier. no problem though. The week after, yeah. Oh, the week but after that, yeah. that following Monday was empty the theaters. Jesus. So I think we could safely assume this thing is going to be a bigger box office haul than Infinity War being how much. I would have thought it would have been less, but. Right? I don't know. I think I feel like that everybody's been talking about it. That's all that everybody's yes. been talking yeah. about. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's coming up very quickly. Uh, last thing about the MCU. Angelina Jolie joining the MCU in talks to debut as the female lead in this Eternals movie. Who is the female lead? That's I mean, you, you, you think that. um. Like, that's the question. Who is she playing? Right. They announced her, right? R- well, they, they, rumor is rumors. it's the character called Cersei. Now, Ruggs, you, you uh, shared this article. I'll put it in the show notes. All There's three main characters yes. that they're thinking of doing that are female. You down. have Elysius, Yes. All right. Which is a uh, artificially created being. And it's an eternal. She's a long lifespan, telepathic abilities. She keeps griffin-like creatures that obey her telepathic Um command she has a hand weapon capable of disrupting force fields so that's like she's like kind of like the uh elder uh one then you got cersei who wants to live amongst humans she's a lot like a uh she wants she's a she huge doesn't bitch age. in game of thrones <laughs> yeah another cersei yeah. <laughs> yeah so then you got of course thena which is a wonder woman amalgam oh she's kind of like the warrior princess and um, she like has like a uh, weapons and shit, like a staff and other shit. And she kind of like uh, shoots arrows with a bow with cold energy. 
So um, she's more of like a warrior princess. I feel like it could so. be Cersei. Here's the thing about Eternals. Directed by Chloe Zhao, I know none of these characters, like Star Fox or oh, Cersei Piper. used to be an Avenger. Oh, okay. Really? Huh. Yeah, yeah back in the, Remember when uh, Avengers had like a shitty team and they had like the Black Knight and shit? Cersei was in that team. Oh, I and I, I'm familiar with Star Fox a little bit from something. Yeah, I know. he's like a he he slays a lot of a lot of women. Is oh. it Star Fox Eros, which is Thanos's brother? Uh, I believe yeah. yes, yeah. he's an Eternal. Thanos yes. is all related. Yep. Is somewhat related to the Eternals. Yes, because he's, he's a, an Eternal Titan, a mutant, a t- mutant Titan. Eternal. He's a deviant. Deviant. Right. The, the Celestials created the but Eternals. He's, a, he's also a mutant, right? Thanos is a mutant. No, like a mutant Titan. Oh, he's not a normal Titan either. Oh, he's like a hybrid Titan. Yeah, titan. that's what I think. I have to look it up. Uh, but look, another great. I think it's a great casting get, especially if she can get Billy Bob Thornton to come and do a cameo. So the Thanos is two- an <laughs> eternal deviant hybrid. Oh, eternal yeah. deviant hybrid. Yeah. So um, the Eternals, the main guy is Icarus, and then Cersei would be the another like the most known, and then Star Fox. Is his name Star Fox? Star Fox. Yes. Is the third like most known, and then Thanos? Obviously, everybody knows. So, what is cool about this? Yes, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think? <laughs> look, they got Guardians of the Galaxy to work. Do you think people are going to be into cosmic Eternals and Celestials from because thousands of years? They ago? can do this. This could be their answer to to the Justice League, where Avengers are. It's not the Justice League. Yeah, they're not like these mystical beings. They're just like people that are doing shit. A lot of them are just human, like Falcon, uh, Cap, and, right. You know, all these people. There's a few people with powers, but like they're mostly like you know people augmented with with technology and stuff. So they could create the mutants in this in the MCU. Well, I think that these are going to be the gods. Like the oh. more they're they're more like uh, the celestial beings. They're like representative of like mythology and stuff. We've seen some. Uh, how how different are these than the new gods in DC? Are they basically the same? They're shape? basically the, yeah, it's the same uh, parallel. Because Kirby created both. Yeah, them, right? Kirby like you know. Cut and paste, basically stepped and repeat these guys. I forgot guys. which one he did first. He either did this. New Gods. You know, he did New Gods first and then he came over and he's like, oh, I'm just oh, going to repurpose this shit. But wait, wait, let me read this, it, actually. It might not be. What? I thought I it was know. the other way around. Yeah, no, you're right. The Eternals were first. Be- yeah. Because he did Eternals and then he went to DC and he's like, I'm going to do this. Well, he got to no. do this right. Shit, I, I fucked that up. I think it was the New <laughs> Gods. Oh, New Gods were 70, 1971. Uh-huh. Eternals were 1976. Oh. Yeah, Kirby got fucked up by Marvel so much, he went to DC no, and started, no, no, made the New no. Gods. It was the other way around. Yeah. He did the New Gods. No, but he did. No, he, did, he So he left Marvel, uh-huh. did the DC, went to DC, started the New Gods, yeah, and then came back. Came back and then the do Marvel Eternals version of New Gods. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he worked. He did a lot of stuff for both companies. But I love the Jack Kirby influence, of course, always. Kirby Crackle. Oh, I'm more this is, like, really out there for yeah, me. Yeah, man. But I'm, I'm going to probably watch it because I'm a shill for this shit. I'm just saying. The, the new I gods the, and the Eternals have never really appealed to me. I Go think ahead, the Rex. Eternals are better than the Inhumans, which would, yes. they were going to hang their head yes, on that. Yes. Ooh, the Inhumans. That, yeah. Yeah. Inhumans is complete dog shit. You can't do anything with a girl ha- who has her power is her hair and a guy who can't talk. Yeah, that's hard. Like, these are things you can't <laughs> yes. do in a movie. They're shit. So you have a dog that that teleports. that teleports. This is all dog shit stuff for movies. <laughs> well, it works better so, on the page for sure. Yeah, it just it works better if you're a, if you're a weirdo reading weirdo comics. <laughs> but like now the Eternals, there's a little bit more fucking shit that you can do with it yeah. because mm-hmm. they're like first of all they're cosmic. You can make them anything you want. So and nobody loves them, nobody cares about them. So you can pretty much change everything. 
and make. I think what they're going to do is make it as like a myth- mythological answer to the gods. I so, see the gods uh, of the MCU. Huh. So I'm re- here's mm-hmm. the the first sentence of their biography, which might I could see how this would tie uh-huh. in. When the Celestials visited Earth five million year ago, years ago and performed genetic experiments on early proto-humanity, ah. they created two divergent races, the long-lived Eternals and the genetically unstable and monstrously grotesque Deviants. These experiments also led to the capacity for super-powered mutations in humans. In humans. They also performed this experiment on other planets, such as the Kree and Skrull homeworlds, oh. with similar results. So this there could basically go. be the, enti- the yeah. start of the Marvel Universe. Yes. This- on, in, yeah. In so cinema. does that mean Thanos... He's a deviant. Is he a human deviant or is he a, a scroll deviant or is he a? Because he's got the butt chins like a scroll. Anthony just said it. What's uh, that? What Thanos was? He's, he's a, a hybrid. Human, he's a hybrid of a deviant and an internal. Yes. Yeah, eternal deviant hybrid. Look, if they created the Inhumans, the Kree, the scroll, like they could all tie this all together nicely. I just hope people are going to be into seeing, you know, the past, kind of like the Game of Thrones prequel so, 5,000 years ago. Thanos, <laughs> let's just read. Thanos was born on Saturn's moon Titan okay. as a son of a turtle's Alars and Soy Sand. Right. His brother is Eros of Titan. Yeah. Thanos carries the deviance gene and as such shares the physical appearance of Eternal's cousin race. Which is like the Skrull or something. No, no, oh. the, well, the deviant. Oh, the, the deviants are supposed to look like shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why so that's why he's all looks scarred like and shit. Yeah. Oh man, this is I. I'm, that's a lot to wrap my head it's around. Not convoluted <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. Well, look. Well, this is what happens when you have uh, you know, something that you're making a film about that really the mainstream doesn't really know about. Yeah. So you have to be like really into Marvel yeah. and into the history to be into the the Eternals. It's going to be interesting to see how they present. I feel this. like the, like the Eternals. Like Guardians, you could you could do whatever the fuck you want because no one gave a shit about the Guardians. I feel like the Eternals. If you're gonna do the Eternals, you kind of gotta at least stay a little loyal to the comics because that's what makes them cool. Is they're the gods, the creation, and if they stick to that stuff, that's some wacky shit. It seems like which is a lot. It could be cool. Yeah, which is, it could be cool. It just seems pretty wacky. It, it could wacky. be dog shit, but it could be cool. <laughs> <laughs> like anything goes. Yeah, really. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you in the next phase of the MCU. That, that's a very curious choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, curious as well I, to see how listen, that plays after out. After this Endgame movie, it's going to be so different. Like I, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. I think a lot of people are going to be done with Marvel movies maybe after Endgame. Maybe. Like, they're going to be like, I'm good. I saw the 22 stories. I don't need to keep going. Yeah, I don't need to hear about these heroes that no one gives a shit about. I, I, so I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see how they present what's next, or even if they tell us what's next. Or, like, I'm over, like, Guardians of the Galaxy already, yeah, right? Yeah, so I'm over yeah, them. Yeah. Like, this kind of group that nobody cared about that they made the movie about. So they tried to make something out of nothing. And, okay, I'm done caring about that. The only people I really still care about is the Avengers, and they're going to go away. Yep. Black and Panther? Black Panther, I kind of give a shit about. Um, Let's go down the list. What's Doctor Strange? Mm, I might watch another Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, course. half Spider-Man. Ah, see, I will do Spider-Man all day long. I mean, I, I feel ob- obligatory have to watch, but I hate watching. <laughs> you hate watching. And then Captain Marvel? Mm, and le- maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see a Silver Surfer. I'd rather see Silver mm. Surfer. I'd rather see Wolverine. Yeah, some, I'd rather some see uh, Ben Grimm do something yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Shang-Chi? Like, this is what I'd we're looking see, forward to. What about Shang-Chi? This is what we're I'd rather watch it. I'm interested to see what they do with him. At right. least I want to see Moon Knight, goddammit. Oh, Moon Knight would be great on... Uh, I'd like to see a real Daredevil movie. Dark, uh, dark Moon, Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight does not fit 
Nothing. Any of this. What they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Moon Knight's fucking amazing. Yeah. Let's do it. Schizophrenic Daredevil Batman mashup. All right. Last thing in the news. I put this in there for the kaiju fans out there. Godzilla King of the Monsters coming out May 31st. And they just put out a short one minute new teaser called Beautiful. I wish they would stop doing it. And uh, yeah, Rugs, they showed a lot of cool shit. Like, I'm already in. Dude, you got me, okay? I'm going. There's a lot of new footage in this. Stop ruining shit. I want to see it in the theater and be fucking. I want to blow my load in the theater. I don't want to, like, already be, like, shooting blanks by the time I go in. Anthony, what do you think? I hope they haven't showed us everything, but I just got me. I really enjoyed it. Yes. I really enjoyed it. No, don't get me wrong. It's really good. I am with Rugs, though. They're they're starting starting to show too much. Yes. now you know with the stuff with Godzilla and them being like, okay, we're on his team now, yeah, and they're yeah. they're unlocking him, and then I mean the the scene with Rodan and King Ghidorah, we already got that tease where they're flying at each other. I didn't need to see King Ghidorah grasp dude Rodan. that shot where they're grappling in the air and falling. I didn't that's need to see that. Cool, oh, but shit. yes, I hope they're not blowing us and showing all the, the good those parts. Those all would have been money shots yes. to see in Do a you movie. Think that this I hope is like, more. I hope there's more. This is. I think this shows a lack of confidence in the studio. This it's is showing a I lot. Think. I, I I could see that. I think I think they're trying not to get lost in the Avengers hype. Yes, that's that's why I think this was a mistake to put this movie mm. this close to mm. Avengers. I don't know what you know what if they had any other dates that they could have gotten, but they might not have. This is just the hand in the wake of the Avengers is tough. But if this is the hand they're dealt, they they're they're trying to get people still <laughs> interested. Rugs did mention this off air, yeah. but I, I agree with him. I do think this movie will do relatively okay. Yeah. And I and I tickled to death to to that the casual fan will know who King Ghidorah and Mothra and Rodan is. Yeah, I think that this could be a game changer. Um, even though I don't think like Toho wants Godzilla back, right? Right. But I think it could be a game changer for people how they think about monster movies because like Pacific Rim came out, it was a great movie, but no one saw it when it came yeah. out. Then they released another one and did nothing. And it, it 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 kind of was a downgrade, and nobody wanted to see it. Like it made no money. It made shit money. It flopped at the box office. So I'm like, I was bummed out because I was like, oh, finally we have a fucking property, an American property that has kaiju and fucking robots in it, and like doing this crazy shit, creating this world and doing all this crazy world building, and uh, nobody's like into it enough for it to be to survive. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate that to, for that to happen too this legendary world where they're building up Kong to building up Godzilla. Uh, they're, they're releasing, you know, mystery Kaiju in this movie. They said there's like, and they had a list of names that they released, you know, in an interview of like, uh, Methuselah and, uh, the Leviathan and all these other things. So they're probably like trying to create new shit and hoping that, that, that this movie does well enough that they could keep making movies like that. I think they want to establish like a monster verse or something. Of so. course, they're all in. We're going to get Godzilla versus Kong. You know, they're, they're going to work on that. So, uh, but that does, it is a good point. How much does it need yeah, to make? The magazine articles, like they, they, they basically were talking about that they were going to, you know, show you a bunch of new stuff. I'm down. Yeah. Dude. So th- like if, if people don't see it, it's going to be for nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So people got to go see it, even if it sucks. Go see it. <laughs> go see it. Dude, this shot see it of twice, even if Kidora on a volcano in the background with a cross in the foot. It's gorgeous. Like, there's a lot of gorgeous there's some, stuff. There's some very beautiful imagery that they've already. Lightning yeah, and, like, debuted. the different palettes, like the orange and the blue. and the Oh, it looks great. 
as I've as I've said to friends, the fact that they're treating the kaiju with respect yeah. is enough for me, and it seems like they're doing that. Hopefully, it'll get kids, you know, interested in and in Godzilla and kaiju and monsters. Like it looks like a great great movie for the t- young teens, kids getting into this. So, and then I don't know. I think it's like um, if they're making a new universe and they're world building this thing out. Um, that's cool for like little kids that love dinosaurs and love big monsters yeah. and love yeah. fucking fantasy. You know, like we've had all this other stuff. We've had superheroes for like ten years. We've had this and that, but we haven't had anything like this that survive, like that really caught on. It'd be cool. That's a, it you know, really it cool. brings up a good point. Dinosaur shit is always huge. Why isn't it the same thing with uh, kaiju monster movies? Because there's a stigma. This is better yeah. than dinosaur shit, though. Well, well, it's, it's silly. Been, yeah, it's so. silly, and it's men in suits. So mm. Mm, that's true. I mean, if this will probably this will do well. Yeah. Well, Jurassic Park hangs its stuff on the human character. That's true. Right? Yes. So when it released this new Jurassic World, it put like you know uh, what's his name in there? Chris Pratt, Chris Peter Pratt, Will, and and and, and uh, the other uh, Bryce, the Howard Bryce Dallas Girl, Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard, and they stuck with those characters, even though like they're both. Yeah, I, I like uh, I, I like the, the Chris Pratt a little bit better than Bryce Dallas Howard, but in those movies. But like, I don't know why, but like, I feel like he fits better in those movies than he does in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like, he's I think he's much better in those in that role. Um, but you can stick with those guys. You could make another movie with yeah, him in it. Yeah, and, you can make and a you can bu- follow yeah. him. So they, I think they're trying to do this with Millie Bobby Brown. Yep. Maybe you know, and that's smart. People love and her. She's going to grow into the role. Like she'll be like an 18 year old girl or a 20 year old girl. If they keep going, you know what I mean? And then you know, the fans can grow up with her as well. So that's a smart move. And I remember the, the first, when I first watched stranger things, I was like, this girl is really good. She's going to, we're going to see her in a lot more stuff. I thought it was a breakout role. And, uh, if it works, if it if doesn't it works. work, we're fucked. Well, look, just go May 31st, pay for a ticket, sit down. Fuck. Man, Jurassic they did World. I watched this trailer one more time. Yeah. They show a lot. And they show too much. <laughs> they, there's a shot of Mothra getting fried yeah, with fucking electri- uh, gravity beams from King Ghidorah. Are you, why, are you show, why are you showing me this? Uh, all right. You basically see Rodan enough. and Mothra getting enough. his ass kicked. No more trailers. And di- yeah, come on. Stop. I want to see any right. more Avengers Endgame or Godzilla shit until the movie comes out. Yeah, We're going to take a to. quick break right here, play some promos. We'll be right back with a listener-sponsored movie review just for you right after this. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop. Classic. You know, all the good stuff. The stuff that you forgot about. The golden age, pre-golden age, back to the original era. For all the pioneers, I'm going way back, way back, way back. Each week, we bring you hip-hop headlines. We let you know... What's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day? We bring you Wu News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu-Tang Clan every week. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember... New school stale, old school fresh. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get you back to your podcasty goodness now in a minute. First, we'd like to take a second to tell you about our marginally better podcast, the 365 Flex Podcast. I am the Scottish Whedon Whore Chris. And I am the Pissy X Video Store Clerk Kev. And we bring you the latest movie and TV news, reviews and rants. All that and a bunch of top fives that you really will not care about. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Libsyn and all other third-party podcasting apps. And on top of all that, you'll get free access to our indie talk. You'll hear us speaking with directors, producers, actors, comic book creators and artists about their experiences. Don't forget to drop us five stars and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Told them not to go in the water. Listener, join our fan club. It's at jockinner.com slash Patreon. You can support the show. There's various tiers with a bunch of fresh perks and everyone gets access to an exclusive RSS feed that has bonus content, whole episodes, instant reactions, and all the shows come out early, meaning the Jock and Nerd podcast and spinoff show episodes. They drop there first whenever I can get them there first. Sometimes it's at the same time. Sometimes it's the same time. Sometimes it's later. But when, run works hard. when I can, I like to give a little day ahead to our Patreon peeps. Thank you for your support. There's also a new Jock Talk. Jock Talk's back with Chance. Yes. Their bottom yes, is, is very weak. Still has a weak bottom. Yep. So I want to take their bottom, not his, not bottom. his bottom, He's their f- bottom. He's their got a very bottom. firm. Bottom, He's got a yeah. nice taut bottom, like Tom Holland in a Spider-Man costume. Absolutely, yes. Uh, listener, last year around this time, we had a little Patreon pledge drive. I believe it was April. It was brought on by Seth Morgan and all our listeners. It was a monetary drive. It surprised the shit out of us how well it went. <laughs> Remember that? Remember how? Yeah. Towards- we should do that again. Yes. Anyway. We are doing it again, Rugs. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. But this good idea. This time for the month of April 2019, we are not going for not a monetary goal, but a a new patron goal. Here's the deal. Currently, we have 55 patrons. Thank you. That's a lot. Yes, it's great. I thank each and every one of you for your support. It's amazing. Here's the deal. We want to reach in the month of April 15. New patrons. Oh, shit. Get us to a total of 70 patrons. Nice round number of 70. Now, if we hit this goal, something happens. Here's what happens. All the new patrons that have signed up and any existing supporter Patreon member who increases their pledge by as little as a dollar, all those names we're going to put in a hat. I'm going to pull a random draw right on the show, and you will win a Jock and Nerd's prize pack, which consists of Jock and Nerd t-shirt, Jock and Nerd, Jock and Nerd stickers, Jock and Nerd. You will get a movie of your choice to force us to review, Jock and Nerd. And we will do a video shout out of the three of us just for you. Yes, we are stealing this idea from Cameo.com. Jock and Nerd. How long is this shout out going to be? Five minutes? Well... We can riff for them, do a little private show. We can riff as so my long boobs. as it feels good. Ooh, who doesn't want to see Rug Boy's boobs? You can have a chance. I'll show them to you. To win so, to see Rug Boy's boobs. I think boobs. for just for the new listener, or then the new patron, the new potential patron, yes. all you have to donate is as little as a dollar to get into a this. A little as a dollar a month gets you into this drawing. Just a dollar. We're trying to... Scrounge up those coins. Yeah, you got coins right underneath in you. In your couch cushion, that lint in your pocket. 
You can come up with a dollar. I guarantee it, so, the listener uh, is driving right now, and if they look down, they will see change sitting in the little fucking cubby holes. $12 a year, and you get all of us. That's it. And uh, for existing patrons, you want in? Eh, just throw in another buck. You are in the contest. A dollar. You have the same chances. Well, we got to hit that 15 new patrons. You got to so hit we that 15, get, yes. Yeah, if, we we don't hit pressure me, people. if we don't hit 15 new patrons, then all of this, we appreciate your support. But the raffle goes away. And if we do, there may be a stretch goal if we get there early. Uh, and we will announce everything at the end of the first show next month. So all of April, sign up. Jockandnerd.com. Uh, you will be doing yourself a favor. Way more hours of us horseshitting in your ear holes. All right. We are going to get to our very special movie review. This is a listener-sponsored, Patreon-sponsored movie review of the movie Predestination. From 2015, starring Ethan Hawke, sponsored by Joe Henry, nerd. Hey. listener and longtime Patreon supporter, Joe Henry. And he was on the show. He was on the show. Episode 182. Anthony, another quiz. What can you tell me about listener Joe Henry? He's got a little vitiligo, Dick. He is my vitiligo brother, <laughs> Joe Henry. We both have vitiligo on our penis. You've lucked out, Joe, because some of these go just on Patreon. Some of these will go on the main feed and... This one just happened to go on the main feed because we don't have much else to talk about. So Joe has signed up at the tier where he gets to come on the show and pick a movie for us to review. You could do the same thing, listener. What are those tiers? Slash Patreon. $10 a month gets you uh, a movie review. $20 a month gets you a movie review and a chance to come hang out on the show like Joe did. So go listen to uh, 182 and you'll find out more about Joe. Before I hit the spoiler alert, I have to say this. If you had... Any inkling, any desire to watch this movie, if you love time travel movies and you have not seen this, stop now. You have to watch this movie without being spoiled. You cannot talk about this movie without spoiling it. And that's what we're going to do right now. So pause it, listen to it, watch the movie, come back, do whatever you want. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. You've been very much forewarned. Yes. Yes. Yeah, all bets are off. Dick. This is a mind fuck of a movie. I love this pick, Joe Henry. Uh, this movie is based on a short story, All You Zombies, by legendary sci-fi writer Robert A. Heinlein. So we're starting with some good source material. Uh, written and directed by Michael and Peter Spirig. The Spirig brothers. Main cast, like I said, Ethan Hawke, Sarah Snook. And that's really about it uh, that uh, you're going to know. Uh, that you need to know. There's only like three characters in this movie. There, there's a lot of people listed uh, on the as side parts, but yeah, there's three characters, or are there? We'll get into that. Rotten Tomato score, eighty four percent for this movie, uh, average rating six point eight hmm. out of ten. Not bad. And so, box office. This really, this was a very small, independent. Tiny movie. Didn't have a huge budget. Uh, an opening weekend made $44,000. I have conflicting reports of where overall it made like just $2 million or domestic. It made $68,000. It was an Australian produced movie? Yeah, Australian produced and shot and released there and in the UK primarily. And then like in small artsy theaters, probably for a small Like how much run. could have this cost to make? I, I, you know what? I was. It's got to be under $20 million. I would say like under 10 million. Yeah, yeah. I'd go five to 10 million. Yeah, low, at the most. low budget. Only in the th- 20 theaters for like three weeks. So 
It, this is not like your big money making movie. This thing did go to South by Southwest and movie Pro- festivals. Production company was Screen Australia, which threw me through a loop when that came up first because <laughs> I had no idea that this movie was made as a, was an Australian science fiction thriller. So I just go and what. What? It's, what, yeah. what studio is what? Yeah, I mean, it's, what am I, what are we doing here? it's not like they don't have Australian accents at the moment. It's no, just, not at all. It's shot entirely in Well, the Matrix Melbourne. was shot in Australia. Yeah. What's that? Matrix. Matrix was shot there. What was that other movie we were talking about? Oh, uh, fucking Ghost Rider. Entirely shot in yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, but, but those were both produced by big studios. Yes. So this is tiny, you know, tiny, tiny studio, tiny indie uh, kind of very ambitious movie. The synopsis of this movie is a temporal agent played by Ethan Hawke embarks on a final time-traveling assignment to prevent an elusive criminal from launching an attack that kills thousands of people. That doesn't even fucking scratch the surface of this movie. I want to start with our overall thoughts, but I feel like we kind of have to recap this maybe. I don't know how many people have seen this movie. And the only way to talk about it is to talk about what the fuck happened in this crazy movie. Now, wait a minute. Are you going to do that? I don't know. (laughs) Um... You saw this on your own. I, I saw this a while ago, and I saw it a second time. Why did you Why did you watch it on your own? Because I was I got for a while I got into like really independent time travel movies. Like I actually started with like Primer, and that led me to Time Crimes, and then that led me to this movie. And I was just wow. on this kick of fucking time travel movies. That so you're watching Looper. Looper is <laughs> another one, and Donnie Darko and Twelve Monkeys. I was like in this kick. I was like, I want to see all these fucking time travel movies. I was just digging it. Right. And I discovered this one. So have you guys seen this movie before? No. No, I've been wanting no. to watch it because I've heard like interesting things about so it. So this is the first time. I was aware time. of this movie, yeah. but I had not seen All it. All right. Okay. I think we should start with what do you guys, what did you guys think of the movie and how do we fucking explain this movie? Like, how do you recap this? <laughs> like, I to tell you the truth, I really don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, you know. The, the easiest way to recap it is to not try to recap it chronologically nor how it happened in the movie. Uh-huh. But just say that it is a movie about a couple predestination paradoxes where a guy is tricked into killing himself in the future, who then also births himself in the past... (laughs) And you just have to fucking watch so, it because there's no way to describe no, it. The big, the so we'll jump to the big twist is that there's uh, a, the character of Jane, there's a character of John, there's a character of a barkeep played by Ethan Hawke, there's a character of a which is John, uh, which is John, but then, then there's, there's a character a, of a fizzle bomber and there's a baby, baby, and all five of these people are the same fucking person. Oh shit! I, I would go four. The the barkeep is baby, just John. Yeah. Just, no, I'm saying that, oh. that that is just John playing as a barkeep. John barkeep. Get, yeah. There's John. Uh, <laughs> I would go five here. I'd go the baby. Holy fuck. I'd go female Jane. Yes. I'd go male John Jane. John. Yeah. That looks still like female Jane. Then Ethan Hawke John. Reconstructed John. And then Fizzle Bomber John. Which is reconstructed John. Who older, lost his older. mind. Right. And those are all the same person. And they're so all interactive. I mean, with let, one let's another. try and figure out this. Okay, so basically, the story is that um, there is the, uh, time travel is created in the eighties. Yes, the only rule and, is in nineteen eighty one time travel was invented. All right, so they need people. They need an agent, somebody without any family yes. or any ties, no connections, to, to to be part of this program to 
test it out. You, you this, can this only time jump, jump 53 years plus or minus of 1981. So somehow, and I don't know, this is the part where I got lost. Somehow they orchestrated a hermaphrodite yes, to be born. Yes. All right. And the reason is that the hermaphrodite could impregnate itself if they met in two different times. One, she grows up as a woman, right? Yeah. She's an orphan that grows up as a woman and then somehow gets impregnated by his future self who has turned into a man. Right. <laughs> and uh, the cycle continues, so, I so guess. The agent, the, but the thing that's confusing about that yes. is for the baby to be born. How did it start? Well, that not only that, How can but nobody, nobody's seen that she's got fucking uh, a penis and a vagina well, her the whole pe- life. The penis is inside her. It was hidden. It was hidden. But what I'm confused about is not only the chicken or the egg thing, but the reason that baby is born the way it is with as a hermaphrodite is because he the parents, himself. yeah, the parents are both hermaphrodites that fucked each other. <laughs> but they're the same. But, but how person. do they? But how do they get that baby? How did that baby become created in the first place? Because, well, so at some there's point, nothing. They're, they're at yeah, some, that, that, that baby then, has to. Where yes. does that baby come from? So this is the, they're, they're, patient one, patient zero. This whole movie deals with uh, paradoxes, predestination paradoxes. There's actually kind of three closed paradox loops that are going on where they've used this agent who is in charge of not only his death, but his birth and the cycle continues and they're, and the same guy is locked in three things that allows him to jump in and out of time. I just don't understand the birth, the original birth. At some point, this Robertson guy had to have gotten the actual baby that was born and killed it and replaced it from the future. I don't know. He had to have found a hermaphrodite baby. There's some things you just don't need to pull out. People who are listening to this have no idea what's going on. Like, let's put this in context real quick. The the movie starts with this guy trying to defuse a bomb. He's an agent. The bomb blows up. This guy's face is burnt. Somebody shows up to help him get his time travel device and disappear. It cuts to uh, him. Reconstructed face stapled. He gets up. You see Ethan Hawke. Now it cuts to 1970. Ethan Hawke as a bartender. This dude, John walks in. And uh, he bets him a bottle of booze that I got a crazy story to tell you. And Ethan Hawke is like, I'm listening. And the first thing he says is, when I was a little girl. And you're like, oh, shit. And he's like, what? So he goes to explain that he was an orphan, a baby found in an orphanage that grew up that was kind of meek and quiet and didn't have any friends, wanted to be in the space program. A, a, A girl. A girl. It's a girl. He's a girl. This is a girl named Jane. She grows up. She loves science. She tries to join the space program, which is secretly the time travel program. They tell her there's something wrong with her body and let her go. She goes to college, bumps into this dude. They don't show you this guy. She's telling the story. You just see a raincoat and a fedora. They have a relationship. One day at a park bench, this dude gets up and just walks away and leaves. She realizes she's pregnant. When she has this baby, the doctor tells her there's something wrong with you. When we opened you up, we found both sets of sex organs. Not fully matured. You had both sets. After the baby, your uh, uterus was destroyed and we could save what we did. And we've given you a male urinary tract and a penis. And you will be taking testosterone and you will become a man and have the surgeries. And now this woman is John, who then... Uh, becomes a writer who writes confession stories. At this point, Ethan Hawke goes, I know that guy who ruined your life. I can put him in front of you. 
John's like, what the oh, fuck? Shit. He's like, do you want revenge? Uh, free and clear. Come with me. He takes John. They travel back to the moment in the story where Jane met the guy. It's him. He falls in love with himself. He literally fucks himself, impregnates himself. Meanwhile, John is gone back in time. Or no, he's gone forward in time, stolen the baby, brought him back to the orphanage in 1945 to complete that loop. And then it gets even more confusing. Then the guy leaves. He tries to stop the fizzle bomber. His face explodes. He becomes John, who then becomes the fizzle. But he stop by trying to stop the fizzle bomber. Yes. He fucks up, and the fizzle bomber gets away. Yes. And the fizzle bomber, um, by trying to distract the fizzle bomber or stop the fizzle bomber and failing, he ends up inadvertently causing... A huge disaster. Causing the disaster that John's uh, face gets burnt up, and it has to be reconstructed to turn into Ethan Hawke's face. Right. So the, what is the fizzle bomber? He's a guy who bombs places. Yeah, he's just the fizzle the, bomber is a man that is old. Well, should I say this? He's old John. Yes. That we already said. Yeah. This. Okay, yeah. fine. That traveled through time enough times to where he's now gone delirious. He's gone thinks crazy. He's he's traveling in time because his violin tra- time traveling thing is still not out of commission. So he's going back in time and blowing up things to prevent bigger crime so, so it's, at, it's at, kill one to save a, a so, thousand sort yeah, of yeah so his mission is he thinks that he's saving people by right. killing people because right. he can see the future exactly. and he knows it's like that i kill these people more people die all if he doesn't do yeah. this right but the thing that's crazy is that i think that the guy who runs the time organization Robertson. wants him to be doing this stuff so he has a reason to have yes, this time organization that, in the first so place so he right. is the end game for the death and that paradox of Barkeep John turning into Fizzle Bomber John because at the end when he finds the Fizzle Bomber realizes it's himself he's like I'm gonna kill you now and the Fizzle Bomber is like it's not gonna matter this whole thing is gonna repeat you will become me and he's like no I won't and he will because the Fizzle Bomber is telling him you can have a choice here and you can just hang out with me break basically the loop. and we could break the loop and we could be friends yeah. together we can do this yes. together and he doesn't do it and that yes so is is <laughs> Okay. So fucking, that's a mind fuck of a movie. This movie was so confusing, but at the same time, I thought it was kind of crazy at the and, and ballsy. Yes, I like figuring it out. Is My question is, so is Robertson, the guy, the time traveling Don, basically, yes. is he doing this yes. to just prove that time travel exists, or is he wanting these events in history to happen? Or what is this? What is this a grand experiment? I think he did this to create an agent that can be free of time. Yeah, but what is he doing with it? Mm. What is he doing with it? He's not changing he... like assassinations or history or anything. That's yeah, a good they're point. not, they're not uh, that, really changing the, anything. Yeah, they just seem to be in this loop trying to kill each other. Yeah, and it just goes over and over again. So it just seems like a sick joke. He's just fucking with time. That's the part I couldn't wrap yeah. my head yeah. around. So there's two things that, like, you if you pull at these two threads, it kind of makes the movie less enjoyable. That's one of them. And the other one is where the fucking baby start in the first place. Right. Those the are chicken the and the egg, which they mention in the movie. But I think really where this movie lies is the, is in a discussion of identity and predestination. This, well, no, you know? well, that not only that, but not, I, I think those are decent discussions. The, the basis of this whole movie is trying to fucking wrap your head around what the hell just happened. That, <laughs> yes. That's the real discussion yes. at first. Yes, there's those other things, but when I ended this movie, my first thought was, 
I got to read what the fuck happened yes. <laughs> and figure the shit out and connect the dots. That's the first thing that you want to do is connect the dots. It's mm. a fun challenge. It's a challenge. It's yeah. just a, uh, that's the way I looked at it. Is yeah. the, it's kind of like a puzzle. Movie. Yes, it's totally yeah. a puzzle movie, which is what I love about movies like this and like Pi from Darren Aronofsky. They're these crazy puzzle movies. So I'll, I'll start off by saying I enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. It is a little bit of a headache. It, yeah, but it's a mind fucking. But, did you like this movie, Anthony? I liked trying to figure it out when at the end. Yeah. The only thing I don't li- the thing I don't like is I just don't understand what the point is. It's there is no it's point. just a puzzle movie. <laughs> yes, it's just kind of a <laughs> in, least in my opinion meaningless loop of a mess of. I time. mean, at, at, by the t- by about halfway through, I didn't figure out all the dots. Yeah, but I I kind of figured that the puzzle or the um the fizzle bomber and the dude that she falls in love with they were all the same. Per- I kind of figured this out. I figured it out like as soon as uh that person sat down and was a girl and I could tell it was a guy in drag yeah, or whatever. It was, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, there's whatever it is, is it's, it, I, I know what's going to so, happen. Well, you can also tell it right in the first scene. And I, I picked up it, picked up on it right away. It was stuck in my memory. Yeah. The girl's face, the dude's face is that burnt. You see the that girl. Under yeah, there. I saw that. Yes, too. It's, yes. yeah, it's, it's that actress. So that's two things. Those are little clues. You're absolutely right. I noticed that you see Sarah Snook. Sarah Snook. You see a girl's face underneath there. When you meet male John, initially he's kind of an androgynous looking fellow, but I will say how amazing is fucking Sarah Snook in this movie. I, th- good. I thought she good. did a really good job. No, I think she did like, a great job. Like, you buy that this actually happened to yeah, her? Yeah, she actually carries the movie. Yes. Ethan Hawke kind of has an easy part. He does. <laughs> it all relies on Sarah Snook, even though they're both playing the same character at different <laughs> points in the time. Ethan Hawke is a really good he's actor. He's great. No, he's absolutely he great. Is. Yes. Did uh, you like it, Rugby? I, I liked a lot about it. I don't know if it, I, I would recommend it because there's this, at the end of the day, what's the point? Right. Like you said, like what? What is it? What's going on? It, and and then there's these plot holes. We're like, well, yeah, where did the baby come yeah, from? Who like, that it? doesn't make yeah. what, what? You know, what's the point of this? Like right. I don't. And other things that there's a lot of things that she just accepts. Like they just she just they just tell her that she's got a penis. <laughs> she's and you're like, like okay, well, you know, she's like, I'm all a right, man I guess now. I'm cut, taking this off. the tits off. Yeah, it just does. It, those some of those things. I'm like, that's not really how I. How but I, would, I love some of the reveals, yeah. like when you see uh, Sarah Snook John post surgery, she has distinctive scars, you know, under her breast, and then yeah. that reveal when you yeah. see Ethan Hawke John with his shirt open and he's got the same fucking scars. Oh, yeah, shit. but I knew that already. Yeah, but then that was it, like I think that was, that was, like, more, okay. that was just more of a confirmation. Yes, it, but yeah. I think part of the fun of this movie is dissecting this timeline and figuring out what the fuck happens when. The, so the the biggest jump for me within that story is her going back in time and falling in love with herself. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You would know exactly wh- how to <laughs> be around yourself. Well, her it. It's the guy the that guy knows falling that. in love with oh, her. Yeah. yeah, as he, but he, I could buy Jane falling so, in love with him because she doesn't know him. And, that, and that, then that's him. once they leave, I, I mean, that point was the one. The point that I thought was kind of interesting was when Ethan's like, "Okay, we got to go now. We got to go now." And now you know why you left. Yes. Basically, yes. like why you you had to do this. Well, then I love that. So now you can forgive yourself for doing. I love this. the next part after he. But sh- it was so mind fucking. <laughs> I love the next part where Ethan Hawke's character is like. Okay, now you know who she is. You know who you are. You should be able to figure out who I am. And slowly, like that crazy revelation. 
Uh, she does mention John, uh, Sarah Snook boy. John does have the line where he's like, I've forgotten what I even used to look like, what I was. So I feel like the novelty of him going back and seeing himself in his other life that he's forgotten about kind of like he fell in love with that girl as another person. But yeah, he literally went and fucked himself. So the whole point of this, uh, the only only point I could gather is that it's a predestination paradox, meaning this is always supposed to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but he go, they always in the, in the movie when he, when Ethan Hawke convinces Sarah Snook to go and kill the killer and travel on time. Yeah. She's like, do I have a choice? And he's, he goes, you always have a choice. Ah. I don't think they really have a choice. That, well, that's, that They're is... They're predestined yes. to make the, the wrong choice, every or that choice every time. Maybe not the wrong choice. This is a couple, a choice. The couple of things that really I loved about this time travel movie in particular, that being one of them. And the other one is that it breaks one of the biggest rules that all these other time travel movies have always taught us. If you think about Back to the Future, any basic time travel movie, you do not go back and talk to yourself in the past. Never do that. Everything gets fucked up. I've never seen a movie deal with that paradox in such a crazy mind fuck way where not only does he talk to himself, he has to fuck himself and birth himself and kill himself. Yeah, all, most time travel movies, if you see yourself. You start to fade. Remember right. Back to the Future? He's disappearing. Uh, so I really appreciated that different fresh take. Or if you interact with yourself, you really fuck up. Yeah, butterfly but, effect. But he's just nutty. interact. But. He's limiting his interactions to only himself. That's a, so it doesn't yeah. affect. He doesn't anything. talk to anybody else. That's a good point. Right. It's a weird fucking movie. So what do we think about? This? I really loved it. I, you know what made me think about in my life all the no, no shit you really the loved choices it. you've made in your life, and you know how sometimes you you think to yourself, you're like, what if I did this? What I have been a star? What if I this? What I've been rich? But what if the choices you made were always going to be? The choices you were going to make is what kind of this movie is, is, mm. is asking the viewer and itself. And like, what is identity? Like, who are you? Are you? Is that good or bad? I think it's great for just personal introspection and discussion. Like, so you're like, so you accept your life because you really don't have a choice. It's kind of a little bit of a given. cop out of not being able to choose. If you want an easy way out, you're like, like, well, this is always going to happen, but it does. It like, why plan things? Like Anthony, you said in one of your, uh, your shows, you're like, you're not really a planner. You're more of like, I'm just going to go along with shit. And, uh, what is planning things, wasting time? Because what if this shit is predestined and you are always going to make these choices. So it doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> I think you can plan for situations and I think that you can materialize things if you really want to. I remember there was a time in my life where I just said, I'm going to make this shit happen. And it just happened. But maybe you were always supposed to do that. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Because yeah. effort was made and I could have not done it, but I did it. Anthony, are you a free will or a predestination guy? I am not a destiny Pre- kind of guy at all because I feel like. This is my opinion, but I feel like people only believe in destiny when it's convenient. When it's for in them. their favor. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, I was destined to do like, as you know, you accomplish something. Oh, it's destiny. Oh, like this, this bad thing happened to me. Oh, that was fate. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It was supposed to happen. So it, mm. I feel like destiny and mm. predestination and fate are all things that it's, it's just a cop out. I, I, I like to think I have control. I made fucking things happen. It wasn't anyone else. It wasn't this hmm. other thing. It was me. Maybe that's what even, they even want if you, you believe think. in. To, even if you believe in a higher power, yeah. I believe that the higher power made it so that you have choices. 
I think of it like um, kind of like what you're saying, but with with some parameters. For example, like if you try and take like the way that human beings think about things and create things, right? Yeah. Um, like if you're making a video game, for example, like if you're making like Grand Theft Auto, right? You anything could happen in Grand Theft Auto, and they've they've programmed for everything for every, to happen. Yes, option. So every possible situation that we can do has it, it, it's already been figured out. All the different outcomes. We decide which outcome we're going to go, but there's already a dis- decisive route that we can take. So they're like, there's basically um, all the possibilities of, of what we could happen happening at the same exact time. And I think they say that in the movie. Not, mm. Yeah. Is it that thing where every alternate choice is happening? Like, parallel? for example, if somebody creates Grand Theft Auto, yeah. right? They have to program for every situation. You decide to hit that old lady. You yeah. decide to get in the yeah. car. You decide to rob that store. Yeah. Like, What's gonna happen? They have to program for all the choices. So even though it seems like you're in, you're, you're making choices, they've already the people who designed the game already made all those choices for so, you. So take that to another level. What what if we have free will to make these predestined choices? <laughs> Does that make <laughs> That's sense? basically it. That's it. Oh shit! And in the Matrix, they say you can bend the rules; you just can't break them. Yeah, if you know, yeah. right? So yeah. it, I think that's why I love the Matrix, and I love. The, fa- the fact that people are relating these things to these kind of binary kind of creation yeah. models yeah. is it, interesting. I, I feel like, let me try and say it again. I feel like destiny and fate is for people that want to take no responsibility. I see. Things. Yeah, I yeah. believe yeah. some to that to some degree. Like, it's God's will. Yeah. No, it, it's not God's will. You're just a fucking loser that didn't get <laughs> off the couch. Yeah, you're just like, that was meant you, to happen. Well, you just went out and you shot someone. Yes. Like, it, it's not fucking God's will. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Or or if good things happen to you too, yeah, you made that happen. Well, thank God this happened. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, you, no, you can thank ha- God yes, it happened. But I'm just saying there. It's only convenient. It, it, these things are only con- only matter when it's convenient for you at the right time. It's true. Now, what no one ever says it was my fucking destiny to fucking drunk drive and run over right. somebody. No one ever was like right? this tsunami was supposed to come here and wipe everything out. Right. Uh, and, so, and the people that do I feel that, like, uh, whatever. I feel like there's things that call to you, right? Whether you follow the answer that call or you ignore it, that's your prerogative and that's your choice. Well, so yes. in this movie, the decisions are he and they keep saying the line that we are born, literally born into this job. You know, he needed someone. To, he needed himself to take his place. Well, he, he is born into it. Yes, he's literally born into it, and the calling is to be. This he was engineered agent. into this a, this exact job over and over yeah. and over. So none of his, all of his choices are, he has no, con- like, it was always going to happen. Every choice, he, he can't break it. So when he kills the... Fizzle Bomber. Fizzle Bomber. He ends up becoming the Fizzle yes, Bomber. Yes, he ends up still jumping around time because the, the time machine was supposed to be decommissioned, remember, though? But right. it aired it 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 out. And, and, and he can't... Are, you can't avoid the temptation yeah, of that. And he's already done it once where he's done it out of out of permission or yep. not without permission. The, yeah, yeah. And he probably is then convinced by thinking about the fizzle bombers stuff that, oh, yeah, I could prevent these crimes. Well, and the more he jumps, yeah. the crazier his mind yeah. gets. And I remember the guy with the cigarette saying that these guys who are doing these un- unsanctioned jumps are are doing important shit or like they're doing the, uh, they're taking the risks that no one else will take or something uh, like that. So is there, you, the question is, is there anyone else that's jumping around in time or is he the only one? 
Uh, well, the other well, guy. Him and the other guy. The other there guy, was a couple of other yeah, guys. Yeah, the other guy had a violin. I, there may be more agents that they just don't know. Uh, but the, it kind of reminds me of the the organization in the Umbrella Academy. So that just goes back to my point of so what is no the point, point no. of his life? It's it's a sad, tragic it, loop or of nothing. It, is it just an experiment to see what the limits of time travel? Okay, like yeah. If we if he just does this stuff, yeah, then time travel's okay. But if anyone else does anything, then it fucks things up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, know. It's a good question. I think the only one that's actually changing time is the Fizzle Bomber. Oh, why? Because he went rogue oh, right. and he's doing something in changing time. He's yeah. bombing he's things. Jumping he's jumping around. Taking, he's trying to affect. Uh, he's the one who doesn't want to do predestination. He's trying to af- affect destiny, right? And ultimately, and that's like a, it's just a cat it, and mouse time travel, cat and mouse game that just goes over and over again. I'm so now now I'm thinking about all the stuff the Fizzle Bomber does. Yes. So is this happening over and over? And not, what are the future ramifications? Uh, what? Because that stuff doesn't get erased. Right. Does it? What happens no. outside of this time loop that these guys right. are existing in? Time travel. That's yeah. Tough. This is why I love <laughs> fucking time travel movies. But look, I would recommend this movie if, if anybody likes time travel. But there's travel no movies. way you can absolutely wrap your head around it. No, because it's 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 an unfathomable thing. I have a, a chart, a graph here. Uh, this website made. I will put it in the show notes. It kind of shows you all. Still confusing. It's still flop. confusing. So let's wrap up with again. this. Here's the chronological timeline. Here's everything that happens in order. Baby Jane placed in an orphanage, 1945. She leaves the orphanage, meets John. They court over two months. John impregnates Jane, disappears. Jane gives birth, then turns into a man who is John. John time travels back to kill his nemesis. Instead, meets Jane. They court. John fucks himself. Jane impregnates her, disappears. Then he becomes a time agent while trying to catch the fizzle bomber. His face is destroyed. He has cosmetic surgery to, to look like Ethan Hawke. John goes back in time to become the barkeep. Uh, the barkeep keeps the John Sarah Snook John paradox going <laughs> while he's trying to stop said fizzle bomber, only to realize he is the fizzle bomber, kills him, and then to be and then he will go on to become the fizzle bomber. <laughs> well, his life ends when he kills himself as the fizzle bomb. But in the middle, John has to bring the baby back to the orphanage over and over again so that he can exist. It's such a fucking crazy movie. Joe Henry, great pick. What, do we want to give a review, like a rating? Let's on do it? a rating because I feel like we've been we've been stuck really all all on the plot. Well, the movie is all and, plot. and the theme. Yeah, the theme of that is the whole movie. Predestination. What is? Uh, let's give it a rating out of ten. What would you give it, Anthony? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I feel like this movie is really ballsy. It takes risks. It does things with a like minimum amount of budget yep, yep. that make you uh, rack your brain and are filled with wonder and stuff. Uh, a lot of the time, you're like, wow, they really fucking did some crazy shit in this movie. Um, the performances are good. Yep. It's very smartly written. Yep. Like, it's pretty... It's I mean, well there's done. only a, there's a couple of like uh, plot holes here and there, but and there's ultimately you don't know what this is all about and why it's all for. And I think that would help a yeah. lot. That would that would take it from being a really good movie to like being a, a great movie. Yeah, it's like a genius movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like I would put it somewhere in the um, very good, but not quite great. I would like you know a cut above uh, an average movie. So 
I, I would if I had to put a number on it, I'd go seven point five. Yeah, I do think it, it could have been if there was a, a deeper, not even a deeper, but some sort of message at the end of why this all happened. Then I would give it another a higher rating. I'd also give it a seven point five with the caveat of the only reason I would watch this movie again is to either try to figure out more stuff yes. or watch it with someone else and see what their reaction yeah, see is. How I, it plays I, out. I don't know if I'd watch it again for my own entertainment. I would watch a video on YouTube about this <laughs> for a couple. Gotcha. Because it's interesting yeah. to, yeah. to, for, to yeah. hear about. Look, yeah. the uh, original short story I also read, I'll put a link to the show notes. It's only nine pages long, but they used a lot of the lines straight from the story, tried to stay true to the essence of it. Uh, but uh, Anthony, I was thinking the same thing, like a seven, seven and a half, eight, uh, yeah. because of the fact that I've never seen anybody deal with the pe- time paradox this way. And Sarah Snook is really good in this movie. Just everything Rugboy said. It's a it's a ballsy movie for sure. It's a very unique, interesting movie, and it's a it's the type of movie that is not afraid to assume that the audience is smart, right? Or it can it's, figure it's things out. It's a great out. indie film. It's a great though. indie film. And it doesn't condescend to the viewer. I don't think it's bulletproof. No, it's definitely got some holes in it, but I think it's uh, commendable. Yeah, absolutely. I, the the flaw I think I see with the movie is I think it falls too in love with connecting all the fucking dots to make it i think it falls in love with itself of let's see how many different things and loops we can create that interconnect this one character with it himself the, over yeah, and over towards and like over. the second half he's doing a lot of things simultaneously I, I, I think it all works but i think the movie's kind of reveling in the fact that look at what we're doing i'll tell you where it, where it fell apart for me so number one the fact that i could call it so fit so yeah. fast so that you want that to be a reveal where you're like when Bruce Willis turns around and he's dead yeah. and he's got a fucking gunshot in the back of his head like in, in Sixth Sense. You're like, oh, I never fucking saw that coming. So Holy I think the shit. problem with that, Ruggs, uh, w- one of the weak points is when she's telling that story of meeting herself, how they shot it, where you see a trench coat and a hat and it's over the shoulder. It gets you immediately a little bit suspicious. Like right. there's a something there, swerving I have here. another example before Ruggs. Keeps going of a really good reveal that you find out right at the fucking end yeah. of time travel. Yeah. Terminator one. Yeah. You know, the whole time that fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyle Reese, Michael Kyle Reese yeah. has gone back in time to protect, yeah. protect Sarah Connor yes. because John Connor is yes. important. Yes. Then you see them. Fuck. Yeah. Then at the end of the fucking movie, Sarah Connor's talking in the tape recorder and she rubs her belly. Yeah. And then you go, like, oh, oh my fuck. God, Kyle Reese John went back Connor's in time and he's the daddy. daddy. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, shit. Agreed. Uh, this one has. This one you figure out right away. Right. And it has. Not right yeah. away, but you figure it, you, you put, you can put the pieces together. But it right has off the so bat. many of those. Cause first you're like, oh, they're the same person. And then you're like, oh, it's the fucking baby too. And you're like, oh, it's him also. And it just keeps. I mean, unveiling. it does throw some surprises. Yeah, yeah. yeah shit. For sure. He yeah. fucked himself. Yeah, he fucked yeah. Like, the fucking himself. I think, whoa. I think that was the biggest <laughs> thing. Like, I knew that he was the fizzle bomber. Yeah. I knew all that. The only thing that I didn't know he that really was that, that he fucked himself. There you go. That's the really the big there reveal. There is in this a movie. reveal, and uh, yeah, that, he, fucked <laughs> he fucked himself. That is the fucking. Yeah. They should have named this movie he if they, they would have like given it all away. Guy fucks if, himself. Yes, the movie. No. He he fucked herself. Yeah, the movie should just be called her. "Go Fuck Yourself." That should be yeah. the name of the movie. And I went and gone fucked myself. Yeah. So uh, let me recommend two movies that 
are amazing time travel movies that you can actually go back and watch multiple times and pick up things. And I'm specifically going to mention Primer, which is even a lower budget movie. But this is a movie where there is shit in the very beginning that is in the background that once you watch the movie and you go back, you're like, oh, fuck, they're doing the thing that they talked about later. And Time Crimes, which is a Spanish Spanish time uh, travel movie. It's fucking amazing. It's really good. And those two are very. It's almost like a horror. Yes, film. it's a, it is. It's got a horror vibe, but it's so good. And again, another crazy loop where you're like, you watch it again. You're like, oh, fuck, there's the guy from later. He's doing it. So I love that's why I love these time travel movies. Uh, I can't believe you're not recommend. I mean, I guess it's too. The big ones, of course, Terminator Back yeah, to the Future. I don't have to talk about those. I'm trying to yeah, get those, go for the smaller ones. Like, All right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Good stuff. Let's get to news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have this week on the show. We'll catch you next time. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It seems so long sometimes. Uh, You guys, Shazam's coming out April 5th very soon on my birthday. Uh, nerd. Hint, hint, April 5th, nerd's birthday. But Fandango had an opportunity uh, last weekend, March 23rd. What is that? Next week? April 5th. Yes, next okay. uh, next week. But if Fandango was showing the movie at s- exclusive screenings on March 23rd, and listener and our patron saint of awesome Seth Morgan has seen Shazam and given us his spoiler-free thoughts. Kevin nerd. Here we go. He said, just left the theater, had one of the best times at the movies I've had in a long time. So many good things about this flick. The humor worked. The CGI was pretty much dead on. The characters had a lot of heart. I'm afraid to go into any plot details at all because I don't want to accidentally spoil anything for you guys. All I can say is I laughed. I was never once bored. There was plenty of action. And one scene in particular left me with a big lump in my throat. And oh, yeah, there's a pretty neat cameo at the end. All in all, DC gave us a really great story that never gets bogged down in destruction porn. The characters act just as they probably would in real life under the same circumstances. Our hero is flawed, mostly because he's a kid, but he grows in many ways by the end. And that is more the heart of the story than young Billy Batson becoming a superhero. It's rare for me to say this, but sitting out in the parking lot, I really wish I could have gone right back in. Watch it again. The last movie I said that about was Braveheart. So that tells you something. Can't wait for you guys to see it. Talking nerd. Thank you, Seth. What do you guys think? Uh, I think this is going to be a, a pretty good hit for them. I don't think it's going to make a I've lot of money. I've heard good things. Yeah. I agree with both of you. Yeah. I think I've heard good things. But I hear good things about a lot of things, and then I go and watch it. I'm like, eh. <laughs> They're saying it mainly I don't make know like if it'll make a ton of money. million opening weekend, yeah. but uh, I've, I've, I, I, am, I like the idea of uh, a kid in, a, in a, a man's body and trying to figure out how to be a good person. It's like big. It's like big. And hopefully yeah. this movie has that kind of feeling. Except this is before big. I mean, well, yes, has the idea, way yes, the idea yeah. was before it was first of Captain Marvel, but it seems like it will get that uh, vibe that you got when you were a kid and you were watching some of those eighties movies like big or flight of the navigator or movies or kids like Goonies. Like I'm hoping it hits that kind of uh, feeling. Well, this is the thing. Um, I don't really have a lot of uh, affection for Captain Marvel. Me I mean, uh, Shazam. Shazam. 
<laughs> I said that by accident. Well, it is Captain Marvel. Right. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. But um, I I don't really have like a lot of. I always thought he was like a Superman clone. In you know, there's no way to do this movie like like a Superman type movie. You have to do something different. Um, I don't know if going outright comedy is what the way it is, but I've heard that it's not an outright comedy. I've heard there's a little bit of horror in it, a little bit of like dramatic action scenes. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it. Um. But as I said, I'm not really a, a big fan of this character, so there's really nothing that's going to affect me as far as personally. Yes, I agree. They they really have to fuck this up for me not to enjoy like, this, you know? That's where you have carte blanche. Yep. Like, you yep. have a character yep. that you're not invested in, you don't have preconceived notions of, you don't, ha- you don't have an understanding of the character, yep. what they should be, so you have a lot of room to kind of... You know, this is actually good. Like, everybody kind of heard of Shazam who's into comics... Nobody, like, I don't think anybody reads Shazam, but everybody is aware of yeah. Shazam. So he's got an awareness factor that's pretty high. Is it that high, but, though? I'm wondering if it's going to get buzzier after the movie, if you're going to see kids in Shazam outfits and they're going to, like, really connect. No, I'm just talking about people that are into oh, comics yeah, yeah. know Shazam. Sure. So he's got a marquee value with, for the for the, 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 the nerds. Are we going to get, you know, Shazam costumes at Halloween this year? We'll see if it, yeah, if we'll see. If it really picks up. Not like up. a ton, but yeah. I think you'll get some. I mean, Shazam... I, I do like. I don't think this will be the biggest movie ever, but I think if it's solid enough, I think the word of mouth will carry it enough to make it something that people are at least somewhat aware of at this point. Because right now he's a nothing character, and yeah, right. and uh, and you know it's coming out the month of Endgame, which is also really tricky. So I think it was smart of them to screen it early and get people talking about well, it. That, what that shows is they're they're confident yes, in the movie. Yes, I I, I believe I, I think they that's correct. Uh, and like, wait, look, they made a billion dollars with Aquaman. This one, uh, make half of that, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I don't know. Probably we'll not. It's probably I could see it making five hundred yeah, million total. Yeah, maybe like four hundred, but maybe you know, fifty million dollar oh, opening weekend. I don't know what else is opening uh, on April fifth, so it'll be. Uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll talk about some box office numbers. Uh, in a little bit, but first, uh, Anthony, our fucking Jock and Nerd Nation members are awesome. I love how this, yeah. how our show, like you have the spinoff show, we've built a community, things are spinning out, and, and things are breaking out into more things, thanks to uh, old Fiddlesticks Winterbottom. Yeah, so Mr. Fiddlesticks Winterbottom has gone about, so he basically put in there, in our Jock and Nerd Nation, which everyone should join. It is a private group, but if you join and you listen to the show, you'll be able to answer it's the questions, space. no problem. Sure. <laughs> He basically says Seth Morgan was saying he wished there was a subgroup of the nation to discuss horror-related topics, so Fiddlesticks took up the challenge and just created a group. Nice. So he has made his own private group <laughs> where he's invited people from the nation to join that he thinks are into horror, and anyone else can invite people. Um, but the group is called the Chamber of Chills. Yes. So if you are into horror movies, definitely check that out. Shout out to Fiddlesticks Winterbottom because... He is putting all his effort into the Chamber of Chills and doing daily movie recommendations. He's doing countdowns. He has a countdown coming up that might already be out, be out by this point, but it's top 10 slasher flicks. Oh, cool. He's going to do top 10 anthologies, top 10 monster movies. So he's doing a whole bunch of shit on here. And uh, there's a decent amount of people already on that are participating. So if you want to talk horror, Chamber of Chills. Join the Chamber of Chills. And yeah. a little uh, potential... 
Eventually, it might be a little uh, horror spinoff show with me and Fiddlesticks. Oh, shit. Oh, you don't even fucking like horror movies. I, I might do one episode with him where he nerds out about <laughs> horrors, horror oh, movies. Oh, on the spinoff show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, a, not its own thing. Right. Yeah, no, that will be great. And Unless Fiddle, if Fiddlesticks wants to start his own thing, I encourage it. But I definitely want to have him on the... Shout show. out to Fiddlesticks, man. I love that Like we've created communities that are creating communities that are creating communities. He even does the Imran thing where whenever there's a new member that joins, he goes, hello, guys, let's welcome new member so-and-so. Uh, well, a little secret about that Imran thing. It's like a one-click auto button on the Facebook page. Uh, I don't type well, that. Well, he does it. Yes, you just click welcome new member and it fucking puts it together, which is helpful. So it's real easy. But great, dude, Fiddlesticks. I love that. I just like, it's crazy. Like someday down the line, there'll be a group that you'll have to trace back all the way to this podcast. Be like, oh, this shit started way yeah, over I'm, here. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm part of that group. And I've talked to Fiddlesticks off off of the, uh, on the Facebook messenger, just encourage the hell like out of them. I feel like it's going to be uh, that Fiddlesticks' is, uh, thread is going to be the 50 shades of gray to our twilight. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, anything that promotes this community, I'm all for. I love it. Great job. Uh, join the he's, chamber. He's, of he's owned it, and uh, I'm loving that. Way to take uh, incentive. Taking, he's taken the, his passion <laughs> and made it into something. So, real quick, speaking of horror movies, speaking of Hollywood box offices, Jordan Peele's Us came out last week, and boy, did it break a lot of records at the box office. This movie was made for twenty million dollars. Yeah, it is an R-rated original horror movie. Opening weekend makes seventy-one million dollars. Oh shit. It is sitting at $113 million worldwide, $90 million domestic. That's pretty crazy because this is the second biggest box opening this year. This is the biggest opening weekend for an original horror movie just behind It and Halloween, which are a remake and a sequel. This is the biggest domestic opening weekend for an original R-rated film beating previous record holder Ted. Uh, and I think you can learn a lot from the success of this movie. And Jordan Jordan Peele seems to be the next fucking auteur director in Hollywood. Who thought the guy from fucking Key and Peele had this kind of uh, director chops? I haven't seen it, but anybody does this make you want to see it though? Like, I did you see it? I haven't seen it, but I feel like everybody's talking about it. Has Fiddlesticks seen it? Oh, that's a good question, Fiddles. Fiddlesticks. Send if you've seen review. it, send us a review, please. Because I, you're, I tr- you're now my horror guy, so I trust you. We got a horror stuff. guy, we got a science guy, we got a kaiju guy. I love this. Uh, but look, clearly original movies, diversity uh, sells and it makes a lot of money. And I think Jordan Peele proves with this movie that this horror movie is bigger than just the, the genre of horror. Like this is everybody's talking about this fucking movie. So I kind of do want to see it because I want to know what the fuck. I, before I get it spoiled, there's some crazy twists. I want to know what happens. But it's, I think it's exciting. Uh, speaking of box office, let's check in with Captain Marvel. $938 million Oh, shit. Worldwide. Uh, so us knocked it out with that huge $70 million. Does this thing still hit a billion dollars? Shazam's coming out this Shazam weekend. Shazam will cut into it a little bit. Uh, like, like I said, another. it's not going to be $70 million like us. It'll be maybe 50 Does this thing right. still hit a billion? It does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Internationally, this thing's at six hundred and seven million dollars. Like it's, I think Black Panther beat it to a a, a billion faster. I right? probably at this point, it's very close. It slowed down a lot though this last weekend, but fuck, it's close. Uh, okay, I also want to take this opportunity. We shouted out one of our friends of the show, creating something new. Here are some more people that we've had on the show that have done stuff. Scott Weinstein, Anthony, remember Scott? 
I do. From episode 33. The producer of Wait, uh, SNL's. Ooh. I was going to have Anthony tell me something about Scott. I'm quizzing oh. him on all our guests uh, this episode. Well, I knew that. Anthony, tell me something about Scott Weinstein. He's got a book coming out. Oh, and he, oh yes. And he, and he writes jokes for uh, Saturday Night Live. He has been a producer on the Weekend Update on and SNL. And he went to your fucking school. He went to Pratt. We are art school buddies. He's been working at Saturday Night Live for over 20 years. And he wrote a book called Team of Steve's. Rugs, what is this book about? And are you excited to pre-order this? Yeah, I already ordered nice. it. Nice. Um, I actually have a little, in- you know, Scott, too. So he told me about it. And it's basically a story about a 15-year-old kid named Steve who uh, gets kind of, you know, opens up a doorway to other dimensions and uh, meets his doppelgangers. Nice. And... They're all different versions of him, and they all have different talents, and they kind of, he's kind of like the, I I don't want to give it away, but he's kind of like uh, riddled with problems, and these guys kind of help him uh, grow and figure out his problems, and there's a mystery involved in things they have to uncover that kind of deepens in world builds. I and love so this. it's kind of like a beginning book. There's three, there's supposed to be three total, right? Nice. Okay. Yeah. It's young adult sci-fi. And you know when I was a kid, I you did have you're like what if the, what if I could just clone myself or what if there was five of me I could take care of everything, but it, essentially like the movie Multiplicity things get way are more complicated than you need them. But it reminds me of like Multiplicity and uh, what's like Orphan Black and uh, what's some of the other ones? I think it's like Enter the Spider Verse a little bit too. Into the Spider Verse also uh, that sounds great, Scott. Uh, congratulations. It's like Into the Spider-Verse, but not written by Dan Slott. It's yes, way it's, better. A, it's a fun. <laughs> he also wrote After School Agent, which is a great comic book. Oh, amazing. And um, uh, we should have him back on the show to promote the book. But you can pre-order the book on Amazon right now, listener. And I will have a special affiliate link for you to use. That way you help out the show. Uh, here's what, how you do that. If you are in the U.S., go to jockanoo.com slash Amazon. It will take you to Amazon. And you continue shopping as usual. And we get a little commission. Costs you nothing. But thanks to listener Vanessa Herman, I was not aware that this does not work in Canada. I apologize to our Canadian listeners, of which we have many. So today I applied to the Canadian Amazon affiliate. And Canadian listeners, go to jockanoo.com slash Amazon CA. And it will take you to your Canadian Amazon affiliate jockanoo site. Here's the deal, though, Canadian listeners. We need some orders in the first 90 days for this thing to stick and for the affiliate link to be, like, fully approved. So use it. Use it or lose it, basically. I'm looking at you, Morrisons, and the Adam Morrises, and Vanessa Hermans, and all the other Canucks spending their loonies. Vanessa Herman is like, thanks, I'll use this when I spend my loonies. <laughs> I, mean, I guess what they, that's what they call money. Uh, another guy that's doing stuff that's been on the show, Oscar-winning filmmaker Sean Christensen. You guys remember Sean? Of course. Yeah. 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 Episode yeah. 64. He was on. You can find out a lot about him. Anthony, oh. tell me something about Sean Christensen. Made this movie about this dude that got cut up and was in a tub. Uh, okay. I'll give you points for that. It's called Curfew. <laughs> and he won, a, and he won uh, an award for Oscar it. Oscar winning live short. Yeah. Curfew also in the band Stella Star. We started a band together. Also went to art school with me. What he's doing now, this guy's kind of like a little bit of Gerard Way rug. Would you agree? Super talented. Oh yeah, he's got. He's like a. He's a Renaissance man. He's, he's doing. He was in a successful band. He 
made a not just made he wrote starred directed in a movie a short that won an oscar and now he is directing remy malik in a new podcast oh shit Whoa. called blackout from endeavor podcast. audio yes hmm. this is a audio fiction podcast called blackout starring remy malik as a small town new hampshire radio dj who fights to protect his family and community after the power grid goes down nationwide upending modern civilization uh cool three episodes are out it's produced by remy malik and q code sean is directing all the episodes there's going to be eight total to release every tuesday i've listened to the first two it's very good it's a good sci-fi audio like, i believe it they're like half an hour long and remy malik sounds like remy malik but well directed by sean christensen check it out free podcast did he write this no he just he's directing it He's just directing yeah. the sound directing. This is uh, created and written by Scott Conroy. I, I imagine he's directing the actual recording of the the dialogue. Right. You know? Like the acting that's yes, going on. Correct. Aha. Uh-huh. So, dude, that's cool. Friends of the show doing stuff. Doing do you things. think he got the idea to do a podcast? It's like, hey, Imran can do this. I can do this. I think you're absolutely right. A monkey can <laughs> do giving, this. I'm giving you credit where it's not. <laughs> Listen, I, I we put the bug into Sean's. I was I don't know if he, you know he'd been on podcasts before. Yeah, of I course. hope I had a little bit. And the fucking guy was a rock star. Yes, he was in the early two thousands. <laughs> he was on a multitude of things. He's our Gerard Way. He's our very yeah, own Gerard. Sure. Uh, surprise! Just this today coming in. I got a voicemail from formerly from work Joe from work Anthony. Oh yeah, I haven't heard from Joe from work. Ooh, Joe from work throwing in a voicemail. Throwing in a voicemail. Here it is. Hey, Rugboy and uh, probably Imran, uh, quickly, give me your take on Into the Badlands. I just started that. Uh, looks like it could be pretty cool, pretty good world building, pretty big game. <laughs> Woo, pretty good. Over here, so uh, let me know what you think. I do have a nitpick, though, that fucking title card, whoever approved that font. It is, uh, that A looks like an R, looks like Into the Bro Lands. That's right, Anthony. Now that got your attention, look it up, okay? All right, you boys split that extra $4 a month evenly now, all right? Take care. One love. <laughs> you know, he reminds me of Dennis Miller. I just expected him to go, cha, cha, cha. Yeah, take that. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. Bro, bro, Lance. Wait, shut up, bro. <laughs> bro, Lance. Uh, I love hearing from Joe from work. I, I, uh, that voice. I missed, I missed uh, hanging out with Did you Joe. watch it to the bad Lance? Anymore? I've watched a couple of episodes of the first season. What I did was even better than that. I didn't have time to watch a new show. Yeah. So I went on YouTube and they have all of the fight scenes. Oh, they just cut the fight scenes? To yeah, get I just watch all the fight scenes. So I uh, here's pretty much the deal. Actually, this is a good time to binge the show. First season in 2015. It has three seasons total. Uh, it's in its third season right now. It's airing in February. They canceled the show. So it will be the series finale will be in May, but there's 32 episodes total. So. Really perfect time to binge and catch up and watch it finish live. I think live. three seasons is more than yes. enough for this. Yeah. First, the first season is six episodes, and then it's 10, and then 16. Now, I enjoyed It's like a, an homage to samurai movies and kung fu uh, Hong Kong movies. Uh, and in the season three trailer, you see hints of like steampunk and some uh, mystical spiritual elements. The fight scenes are great. Daniel Wu, the lead guy, is pretty cool. It's got Nick Frost playing a funny British guy, which is every role Nick Frost has. Uh, but I reading the reviews, I heard the first season was okay, and it got better in the second season and the third season. But it's only thirty two episodes total. So if you want some good, I just just go Google the fight scenes. Google the fight scenes, and then binge the rest of the seasons. I heard. Here's the thing: 
This thing had Walking Dead as its lead in in 2015. Thought it would have been huge. I really don't hear anybody talking about this show. No, no one talks about right. it into the Badlands. Right. But the the fight scenes look fucking sick. The sword work, the martial arts looks really good. There's some, there was an element of it that was just not working for me. I could probably get into it if I had nothing else to watch. I think it's one of those there's things. There's so much yeah. competition that you're like, okay, I can get into this show for the fight scenes, but is that enough? Is, is that yeah. enough I mean, for me it, to watch? It, it, it. This is like after I finish Narcos, if I have time, maybe I'll be. Yeah, when are you going to finish that? Eventually. What are you on? <laughs> I'm on season two, episode three. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I got a long way to go. You got to get back on the Narcos. <laughs> I'm train. getting back. Get back on the drugs. No, you don't have to tell me twice to get back on the Narcos. I'm always getting back on Narcos. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Into the Badlands, I think it's uh, probably a good time to binge it, Joe. Thanks for the voicemail. Finally, we have. A fantasy baseball update from Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground. And yeah, he's running our he's running the Jock and Nerd fantasy baseball. That's absolutely fine. You it's all <laughs> him. Take all the work, get it done. Also, I love this because it gives me a chance to bring back this clip. Here's the National Fuzzy League update. Yo, fam, what's crackalack? And this is Jason Dutch over at VFU podcast. And I am the, the facilitator and heavy handed dictator of the new Nerd League Baseball, Fantasy Baseball League, taking place on the Jockin' Nerd Facebook Jockin group. Nerd. So just wanted to give a real quick update. I will try to give a few of these as uh, at least a couple times a month. I don't know if you want to be inundated with my dumb voice every week or not, but it's up to you guys. So I'm going to give you guys an update on what's been going on. Uh, so that Imran doesn't have to pay attention to sports. Thank you. We don't want him to hurt his head. No. Uh, so we had our draft on St. Patrick's Day. Just want to say thanks to everybody for showing up. Most everybody showed. We had wow. a couple of auto drafters. Uh, Jess Rivera, good job, man. You <laughs> drafted while moving your motorcycle. I mean, that is dedication, ain't it, motherfucker? So, Jess Rivera, uh, Jose Ibarra, Fiddlesticks, Winterbottom, Matt Miller, Brian Goff, Blake Abraden, Chaz Hubbard of the um, Jock Talk Show, Lisa Morrison, Gerald Glassford from over at the Pop Culture Cosmos, and myself are in this league. Uh, first games start uh, actually the day the boys are recording this. So good luck, everybody. Thanks again. And we'll update you later. Peace out. Jockey nerd. Cool. Thanks for the Best update. of luck to everybody. And, and thank you, Jason Dutch, for setting up the uh, Jock and Nerd affiliated fantasy baseball that I am not a part you're of. Not, you're not into this anything? No, fantasy baseball is it's too much work. Too fucking much work. <laughs> I love this is how badass Lisa Morrison is. It is. She just fucking gets in there, mix it up with with all the dudes. She don't give a fuck. It's great. Yeah, she don't care about no gatekeeping. There's no fucking gatekeeping here. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let us know, and uh, there's a prize package uh, at the end. Whoever wins the, after a uh, hundred and seventeen thousand baseball games that the season has. <laughs> uh, let us know what happens. Uh, Anthony, I wanted to tell the listener to check off the last episode of the spinoff show featuring Adam Morris. V- yeah. Very good. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that one was Adam Morris. That one's kind of epitomizes what the spinoff show can be. One week, we I can go nerd out with Game of Thrones with TJ Johnson, and the next week, we're talking about 
uh, the effect of contaminants on polar bears right in Canada. Great. And, and <laughs> listen, he is the official science guy of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Uh, you always learn shit when Adam Morris is on the show. He is he is much more than just the, the science guy. No, that's me. what he is to me. Well, he is a lot <laughs> more. Uh, great. He, he knows his shit. It's just he does. ridiculous that a guy with a PhD would fucking why? waste his time listening li- to this fucking shit. And you asked yeah. him that. You're like, why do you listen? How did you find this? But we'd yeah. love to have you. And uh, he explains a bunch of things. You learn a lot about him. Really what good. does he say when you ask him that? You have to listen basically, to the show. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll <laughs> summarize. He basically has, says that uh, when he was studying, he was in front of a computer for hours on end and needed something to listen to. Ah, so we just kind of wormed our way uh, into his brain. He connected with both me and Anthony for different yeah. reasons. But listen to the oh, show. He explains it all. It's a very great conversation. Who's next on the spinoff show? Next, all, all crossing my fingers, but it looks like the next one is with Jimmy McPike. Ah, yes. Who was on episode 93 of the Jock Nerd Podcast. Yes. Lo- and then on, I believe on another one, replacing me for an episode. Oh, that's right. Um, but he, he goes by the pen name Bard Brahan. He did write a little bit for A Place to Hang Your Cape. Um, he's written, uh, I think he's tried to write comics, but, um, hope, we'll see what kind of conversation I get out of him. He is a big history buff. Yeah, that should be history fun. Nerd. That should that be fun. That was his major. Yeah. So we might get deep on some, uh, history. So that's going to be that's great. The next one. That will be in the feed next. And of course, follow us on Instagram at jock and nerd rugs. Where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. And I'm just there chilling. Come hang out. Say what's up. How about retweeting some of my shit? Yeah, retweet retweet all his (laughs) shit. Uh, If you want to hear more of me, I don't know why you would. There's a new season of Trivia Geeks Live currently releasing every week. So like every Sunday, there's hours of my voice on podcasts right now between Trivia Geeks and this show. And then now Anthony filling in the middle of the week. There's fucking content everywhere, listener. So much. Consume it all. And the best way you can help us grow is just tell a friend. Word of mouth. That's it. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Recommend the show. Suggest it. Share it. Word of mouth. Just grab your friend's phone and make them download it. Yes. Give them one of these. Talk nerd. And then give them one of these. My balls was hot. And then download the show and everything will be clear. Thanks for listening yes. to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next week, y'all. I'm pumped. I yeah, fucked myself. <laughs> oh, fuck yourself. Oh, I did. I fucked myself. And, I, and then I killed myself. And then I had myself and while killing myself. Okay. Got your hand off my penis. That's what I said. my vagina, too. I said that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> the penis was in her vagina. <laughs>